everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Three is Company. We're here talking about the Lord of the Rings living card game. Um, I am Joseph, and joined by the normal crew, Ryan in Australia. How are you doing in your lockdown apartment? I'm all right. I'm, I'm glad that we're normal to you. Normal. The normal crew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As normal as <laughs> You meant show regulars rather than people who are normal, <laughs> but thanks anyway. Yes, I'm all right. I'm up in the sky, safely away from, well, there isn't actually that many cases here, to be honest, so I'm just safely away from everybody. <laughs> Drinking tea, and um, I bought myself a fancy new gaming chair this week, which I've already showed off to you both, but the whole world should know. NASA designed or something? Uh, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I should tell people that, though. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> I'll tell all my colleagues. I feel, it's one of those gaming chairs, so I feel a bit like a 16-year-old um Fortnite youtuber or something now when i'm on a zoom call with the students they're probably yeah. all looking at me as if i'm some kind of sado i guess you're putting in the gaming hours on that grim dawn aren't you uh i am yeah i should be getting paid for that it's essentially a second full-time job what level are you at now on grim dawn 22 oh you're slacking i don't we, it hasn't grabbed me yet you have to Join me and tell me why it's fun or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't join you because I've got the expansions. Mm. So when we did um, uh, a video the other week, um, I think it was John got it as well, and he bought all the expansions, and he's level sixty. Well, apparently I'm slacking because I have real work I have to do still. So yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sure you'll come to it. I think what you need to do is just find a build online and play that, and that makes it more fun. I guess so. Too late. I already screwed it up, probably. We also have the sausage egg sandwich man, <laughs> Liam in the so, UK. That's right, dual sausage and bacon sandwich. Just been eating a whole lot more food <laughs> in my are house. You, are you dual wielding two restrictions yeah. attachments? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you need a golden belt for uh, the gut. <laughs> Get the third bacon sandwich in. Yeah. <laughs> If I if I eat enough, I'm hoping to become a hero. So. <laughs> Messenger of the king. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, I'm good. Um, yeah. Still, pretty bizarre, strange, strange times we live. But um, doing a lot of online games with friends. I've been playing a lot of Arkham because because I can't use. What do you guys use for um, for Lord of the Rings? Octagon. Octagon. Yeah, I can't use Octagon on my Mac, which is super annoying. But um, I can use Tabletop Simulator. Um, so I've been playing quite a lot of games on that with some friends. Um, playing through some Arkham campaigns, losing, which seems to be all I ever do in Arkham. Which, is... <laughs> which campaign? <laughs> um, I was showing my friend how to play, so we did the first three oh, yeah. introductory ones. We were actually doing really well on that one. Um, but then I was also playing another campaign with some friends that were a bit more um, into it. And it's the not the most recent one, the one before that one. But the Forgotten Age with that Strike of Vines. Mm. And um, we're not doing very well on that. Um, <laughs> I'm two thirds of the way through that qu that campaign with uh, friends. And, yeah, it seems like it's easy to lose. I find that in Arkham a lot, to be honest. Um, it's quite, but I do quite like that. Like I quite like that aspect of it, where it's sort of like uh, it feels very thematic. Like you're just a, a normal bloke trying to get around, like massive you're a survivor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. I've been playing. Um, I've been playing two actually two hit um because it's two campaigns one of them i was playing um 
one like a blue character, a guardian, mm-hmm. um, with lots of guns. He's pretty fun. Uh, but the other one is like I can't remember his name, but he looks like he's wearing pajamas and he's got a face mask on. Um, and he comes with this really weird door, like a room, another room that he comes with, and you can go into that room. Oh yeah. And, uh, but I do not get what is the point of going into that room. Like I don't know whether I'm just being really stupid or something, but I don't quite understand. Like I get that you can get like a free action out of it because it kicks you out of the room and you can go to any location you want. So kind of a bit of action economy there, or you can escape from enemies and stuff. But I don't know. It hasn't been very useful so far. But maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm completely missing something. Um, but yeah, playing that, I wouldn't mind trying 40k and. Um, 40k and uh, Kill Team on that. I think that'll be quite fun. Um, and the other games that I'm playing, loads of loads of Star Wars RPG and mm. loads of D&D. And doing a bit of painting. And not much Lord of the Rings, sadly, because me and Steve play Lord of the Rings in person every Thursday. And sadly, that has been put on hold. Yeah, just looking at my Lord of the Rings cards in my closet tonight. I haven't touched them for a long time. I'm doing quite a bit of Octagon play, but my weekly group has been meeting for a good eight weeks. Mm. Sad. It is very sad. It, it might. Um, I, I might be tempted to maybe crack it out and play some solo. I haven't done solo Lord of the Rings for a really long time. Um, but if that itch needs scratching, that's the great thing about this game is that uh, you can crack it out and have some fun by yourself. Mm-hmm. Fancy solitaire. Yeah. I've been playing quite a bit of Lord of the Rings for preparation for these uh, epic multiplayer games online. Uh, somebody from the Lord of the Rings community coordinated since everybody's a lot of people are home or not working as much, a little more free with this lockdown worldwide. They coordinated Siege of Inhumanus and then two plays of Assault on Dual Guldur. So I was testing decks for that last couple of weeks. That was a very good segue if that's what you were trying to do. <laughs> Actually, that was uh, almost. Foreshad- <laughs> it was a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing RPG online too. I've been trying the Adventures in Middle Earth, the Lord of the Rings RPG. It's a Lord of the Rings RPG. Yeah, it's the D&D system, apparently, which I haven't ever played, so it's still new to me. But um, yeah, one of the guys in my Lord of the Rings group is running it with me and my wife and my brother-in-law and another guy, the guy with the bacon and eggs gun meme that I just shared. (laughs) (laughs) You having fun? We're doing it every week, a couple hours a week. It's been a lot of fun, yeah. Is it it the first first rpg you've played or i played the star wars one before and we did a one-off lord of the rings thing the first week of the lockdown and now we're doing a long-term thing here the great thing about the rpgs is um is they're so easy to play online like you can yeah, roll really 20 are. you can roll 20s for like basically free <laughs> no one has to do anything um <laughs> just is i prefer tabletop simulator but um because you can have like um, miniatures and maps a lot easier, and it's not everyone sat at the table. Those are tokens and stuff. My friend made a, a really cool. Uh, I think he kind of like sort of put it together from various different mods, but um, a really cool Dungeons and Dragons room. And we started a Curse of the Strahd campaign last night. But yeah, I'm playing like three or four RPG campaigns now because they're just wow. so easy to to play online. It's good. Yeah, I've upped my online gaming too. 
game, World War II game with one of my friends and a couple other games with other people. Not not Grim Dawn, though. <laughs> I try to play it. I try. <laughs> Life goes on. Right now it's April 26th. I don't know when this will be released, but looks like there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel here in Oregon. Things might open up a little, but it's definitely changed life a good bit. hope everyone's safe and doing smart things. But we have a lot of Lord of Rings on our plate today. Uh, before we get started, just want to thank our patrons. We had somebody up their pledge this week rather than get it polled like I expected with the economic downturn. So appreciate that. Thank you. I wanted to give a shout out to Sean Mitchell at the Mere Lawn level. Um, he's a local guy. I think he lives in Washington, which is just state north of me, but he comes down to our events. He has a glorious beard. He came to Con of the Rings, too. It's always good to play with you. Thanks. We all got a to show. Yeah. We all got yeah. Very strong, didn't we? Yeah. In fact, I think we played Epic Multiplayer with him. Segwayed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I wasn't in the group with him. Yeah. I want to thank Michael Lewis, which I think goes by Wandering Took at the Pippin level. I sent you a message. Um, you can collect a reward if you like. Dave Walsh, the Bomber level from Card Talk. Thanks for your support. I'm sending off Gandalf the White to you, a painted miniature. Uh, it's still sitting on my desk. I was supposed to send it on Wednesday, but I didn't get to the post office. But it will get out. And as always, thank you to Matthias Olson for being our prime supporter at the Elrond level. You've never collected any of the rewards we've uh, offered, so just let us know if you want to suggest a topic or let us send you a miniature or anything else we can do for you. We appreciate your support. A while back, Morton Dahl was uh, the, was drawn for a reward, and he asked uh, we, he suggested a topic that we have not covered in the last two episodes, and that's what I want to do first here tonight. And his topic was talking about the new Messenger of the King contract, which was announced probably a couple months ago, but it still isn't out. But people have started to use it already. Kind of fundamentally changes the game in a pretty large way. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have already heard about it, but it's you hadn't really looked over yet, right, Liam? No, it's the first time I've seen it. Is this the one that um, you said that Caleb was most excited about or had played the most or something like that no mysteriously the one he's most excited about and played the most is the one that is not revealed yet oh do you reckon it turns a hero into an ally <laughs> <laughs> i think unless you play four heroes that seems to be the evidence but they have to i'm not sure what restriction will be on that but i'm pretty sure that's what it's gonna be wow that'd be pretty nuts yeah how the starting threat work? Oh, yeah. We should talk about this one anyway because we know about this. One, right? <laughs> Speaking I of don't want to speculate. Like, I mean, I don't speculate that, what the drawback would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We can speculate. I mean, what's another you... twenty minutes in our show, huh? Oh no! <laughs> uh, what if it was something like you may never play those heroes ever again in your life? <laughs> Shred them. Shred yeah, Shred you them. must burn them afterwards. <laughs> and that's why Caleb played it the most, and he's moved on to a new game now because he yeah. can't play anymore. <laughs> I think it'll be a cap on how much threat you can have or all your heroes have to be less than 10 threat or something. Four hobbits, I don't know. 
Yeah, I hope it isn't that though, because the exciting part about playing four heroes is that like the so many different combos. But if it if it's restricted to uh, like less than ten threat, that kind of yeah, just quite a lot, isn't it? Harbors and Glorfindel. Yeah. You can only play nightmare mode. Mm-hmm. Well, they have that's to release the rest of the nightmare quests if they're going to be yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to play the product. Like no bitterness here at the game. <laughs> what did they stop the uh, nightmare quest on? Because I've I've got it up to the um the the, the one where they're on but we're on boats. That's the last of them. Is that the last of them? Is it? Womp, womp. That makes me a bit sad. As a Caleb did drop a couple of comments in the Facebook group saying that don't hold your breath, but he left it open for it being possible still. So we might see him eventually. He also okay. said something about he still wants to do Scouring of the Shire, which I am shocked that it's not the Gem Conquest this year. I thought sure it would be. So I'm still disappointed and sad about that, but I hope he does it eventually. Oh. Gen Conquest this year? This is I a don't... half facetious comment because I don't know if Gen Con's going to run. That's but right. You would have thought it would be Scouring of the Shire. Yeah. So maybe it'll be next year. This makes sense. This year's quest will be next year because they can't release it this year. We'll see. Gen Con is not cancelled yet. Okay. I still have my ticket. Yeah. Good luck. When is it? June? August. Um, still have three and a half months to cancel. <laughs> I haven't bought my plane ticket though. Sun Country Air? Oh, yeah. Every time. Lovely. <laughs> Just don't spill anything on your lap. That's right. And make cool. sure you get to the airport at least <laughs> two hours in advance. Hey, yeah, that's coming home from Gen Con, I missed my flight too. <laughs> you know what? When you, when you said that in America as well, that at that point, I did feel a little bit like, huh, okay, well, maybe I should check the time and stuff. <laughs> but I was like, nah, he's not going to miss two planes. He misses two planes. <laughs> It was a, that was definitely a red flag that perhaps I should have picked up on a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I just had his time totally wrong in my head. Yeah, it's my signature, signature weakness card. Um, yeah, it was Lord of the Rings, wasn't it? That's what got us. We played that last one, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Final strong caller. Then we had flight of the three company, three's company. <laughs> <laughs> What's the um, signature card like the boon called in in um, Arkham? You know, each character gets the, the weakness and something else. Yeah, what's uh, that good card call? Uh, honestly, but not happy uh, card? Strengths? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking, your weakness is you miss planes, but your your good thing is that you can fit your entire collection in one backpack. That's right. So it balances <laughs> out. And then have to haul it down the concourse, running at top speed. Naked. <laughs> With your trousers around your ankles. That's, That's very- right. Holding my britches up. <laughs> <laughs> Armfuls of play mats after they pulled them out of my backpack. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, um, where were we going with this? Messenger Thank of the patience. King. Yeah. I was going to ask you to read it, Liam, since you haven't seen it before. Yeah, okay. So um, it is a contract, which means it's double-sided. Side A is Messenger of the King. You cannot choose more than two heroes during setup. 
this card is trash. Why would you <laughs> set up? Uh, choose a non-neutral unique ally from your deck and put it into play. Add the sum of that ally's printed willpower, attack, and defense, and hit points to your starting threat. Then flip this card over and attach it to that ally. And side B reads, attached ally loses the ally card type and gains the hero card type. Attached character cannot be readied more than once per phase. Oh, that's a bit harsh. And Messenger of the King is immune to card effects while attached character is in play. Um, and if attached character leaves play, remove Messenger from the King from the game. Cool. So start with one less hero and have an ally of your choice become a hero from the start. Um, it's a bit of a shame they can't be ready more than once per phase. Oh, I suppose it's per phase, though, isn't it? Not per round. So I heard Caleb talk about this, and it was pretty much just a direct nerf to leadership Faramir because he can go crazy oh. with boost, willpower boosts. Boost everyone, yeah. Yeah, if you can just put five unexpected courages on him, you can just go hog wild. Yeah, <laughs> it's I think a bit that was of a the main idea behind that limitation, and that is fair enough. But it is a bit, um, it's a bit of a blow to the combat and defense allies, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good job. It's a good job that you can't access. You can't. Uh, it's immune to player card effects as well. <laughs> Imagine if you've got scarred like, attachment. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brutal. Um, so yeah, it's a very, very interesting contract. This is um, this is making well. How many how many allies does this make into heroes? Like that's crazy. Like how many more? If you do a card search on Hall of Beyond, there's 108 results, and I comb through them, and there are 84 of those that qualify. A lot of those are stupid choices, but there's 84 different allies that you can turn into heroes. Wow. Yes, yeah, which cool. how many heroes are there in the game? <laughs> it almost doubles the amount of heroes possible. Now. Yeah, I love what they're doing with these contracts. I love it, like how they're just sort of like at the end of the game, they're just like, look, here is an impossibly large amount of different deck building opportunities for you. Like, it's so yeah. cool. There's 127 heroes listed on Hall of Bayon, but some of those are duplicates from all parts and stuff. So it nearly doubles. The amount of hero possibilities. So the game so you, just kind of blew wide open in a new way. Wow, that is really cool. So I'm thinking Brock Iron Fist. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the contract. And then Morton's question was what hero, what allies are we excited about using with this contract? So uh, people have been using this, but what ally has come to mind quickest for you guys? The cheap ones. Mm-hmm. All the cheap ones. Eorath, I think, really is a one-threat hero. She is. I've actually tried that. Zero willpower, zero attack, zero defense, one hit point. But <laughs> healer. Mm-hmm. On-demand healer from turn one. And um, if you pair her with Elrond... Elrond and Treebeard, you start at 27. And you can heal four damage a pop. Yeah. Wow. Treebeard loves it. Have you played that? Although I, haven't, I have, but I haven't quite got his singing yet. I've fiddled around with it. Um, it's all right. It can beat PTM. Nice. So I might as well publish it, eh? Yeah. 
<laughs> but but fully um, tested. <laughs> yeah, fully tested <laughs> against all of one quest. <laughs> it's all right, but she um, eats resources. I guess that's the trouble there. Yeah. So I, I I think I put in steward and started fiddling around, but it it didn't seem um an immediate write off. Put it that way. But um, just having a one threat hero who generates a resource could have some value. I feel. That's yeah. a lot of value. Because sometimes you just run two because you want to start with really low threat, but why not just chuck in Ireth to generate a resource or even Galleon? Now, I know you would say don't <laughs> because he's he's got Good no version. stats. Well, he, he, he is, but um, technically, doesn't he have one willpower the first turn? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but he's one threat. So for one threat generating a resource, um, that's the same as having to wait ages to find resourceful. Yep. Surely. Yeah. Uh, and it's spirit access. Yeah, so I I wouldn't immediately write that off personally. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, it does, but I'm gonna try it. Because <laughs> if you had if you had a card that said like uh, it was an attachment and it was like Yeah, exactly. It costs, this... costs nothing but it get it increase your threat by one or two and gain one resource every turn. So, I would do yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly you, you would. And also that what that card also says is, you may take an undefended attack when you're tired of looking at this hero. <laughs> so you could do that too. I, I don't think that's... You, you would play that, wouldn't you? Imagine there was a card that said, put this into play turn one and you're getting an extra resource. Mm-hmm. I think people would want to do that with Grey Wanderer and Resourceful. Although it would also say, sacrifice a hero and, redu- and reduce your uh, starting threat by death threat. Do you know what I mean? Because it is, it is like... You are losing a hero slot, yeah. It's not very often Uh, people run two hero decks for uh, no good reason. Yeah, that's fair enough, I suppose. Um, And is that the drawback? Is that the hero sucks? (laughs) But you know, what about um, for you, Jay? What about gambling? I have tried gambling, um, (laughs) and it does make the bad Rohan discard deck style more consistent that's probably going to be our next video is um (laughs) the bad rohan deck because i made this deck around the mustard right mustard and it can beat a quest provided it gets carried by a good deck (laughs) (laughs) which you had you had a good sylvan deck and i've got the mustard so it's like the gravy and the mustard (laughs) no we will but we've just been doing too many epic multiplayer games over the internet in the last month which is the next topic Mm-hmm. Yeah, gambling was my one of the first things I thought of, and it's still kind of bleh. But it, yeah, it does make it possible from turn one, which is makes the archetype strong, feasible. But it's still not a great archetype, in my opinion. Yeah, but I guess I guess it doesn't. I mean, not every archetype has to be like you know amazing. But if it's playable, that's that's something, right? I think I finally figured out why I like Rohan in theory. It's because the way they did it in the movie is really close to the way I imagined it. So I just like it. I don't like Gondor as much as it doesn't match exactly. And the Hobbits don't quite match exactly in my imagination. But Rohan seems just right. So I just have this affinity to Rohan. Rohan are the cool ones as well. Like out of Gondor and Rohan, Rohan are the cool ones, you know. 
Gondor a badass, but Rohan are cool. A more barbaric, exciting. Mm. Um, speaking of Gondor, though, that, and and the fact that um, that it in some ways allows you to pick an ally that has a really strong ability for the archetype that you're playing, or mm-hmm. an ability that you know you're fishing for. Um, and it's really nice to get down, but you get it from turn one. You can maybe, if you're running traps, I'm thinking like Amborn, you know, things like that, like picking cards where um, the abilities uh, like Amborn and Gambling, where the ability is very strong for the archetype that you're playing. Um, and it's really, it would be really nice to have that down in turn one and playing an, an archetype where um, perhaps that third hero slot is quite um, flexible. Mm-hmm. The other hero, two heroes that I've, actually played and really like is Sulian. Her ability is good for multiplayer, but not necessarily useful all the time. But a three willpower hero for seven threat in spirit is just good by itself. And gives Dunedain good spirit access for low threat too. And then Furial is quite amazing too. She's not low threat like a lot of the first choices I make would make. Nine threat, but the three willpower and being able to discard a deck a card you don't like, yeah, right away from turn one is just so good. Especially solo, it's amazing, and you don't have to pay for her either, <laughs> which is right. One just of the, the nine threat. She might be my top choice right now, especially after mm-hmm. using her in one of these epic games recently. Another kind of weird one I haven't tried yet but I want to is Spirit Bilbo Baggins because I think his pipe fetch would trigger when you put him into play which means you can play him with Gandalf and start with pipe in your hand are you saying that any of the allies that have when you enter play effects the effect goes off I believe so a lot of them have say when they you play them from your hand and that will not trigger but a few of them say when they interplay. Oh, there's so many cool things you can do with this, though. Because, like, you can also, like, flash out decks that are missing third heroes. That's like, right. you can play an all-ent deck with all-ent mm-hmm. heroes. Yeah. I was just looking at that. That four attack, don't count defense on orcs. I think he's nine threat, which is a lot, but... Still, he's better than Quick Beam Hero. <laughs> <laughs> you could do Eagles as well. You could have your third Eagle Hero. You could put Landreval into play. That would be weird. Save a hero that dies <laughs> <laughs> by killing a hero. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting with Baywarn, actually. Yeah, I'm starting to. Might be some unique dwarves that would be an interesting third dwarf to have. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hobbit allies tend to be really good too, because especially the new Pippin, Tactics Pippin, he has two willpower and then he has zero attack, but he gets plus two attack when he attacks a enemy with high engagement cost. So anybody with like a plus stat ability on the text, like Gonbury Gone is another one, good one. He'd be four threat, but he effectively has more hit points than his setup total. 
just want to point out that Rohan gets short into this deck again because half of their unique allies have when they get discarded effects, which you don't really want on your heroes. Hmm. Big Arwen, Arwen, Arwen and Domniel. It's got to be up there as one of the top picks, right? Yeah, five threat five. and that defense buff right off the bat. And two willpower. That's yeah. pretty tight here. I do have and, one really good character for this, which is Dio Wine. He's only yes. seven threat. And he's a beast defender. Yeah, give him an attachment and um, he's super solid. He just needs a hallwork. Yeah. And he's a 4-4 four, four four. for seven. Baragond. With built-in shadow cancellation. That's weird. Gondor, uh, Rohan actually has some of the best shadow cancellation on their, out, on their characters. Both Urkenbrand and Darabai. You've discovered the secret. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Something good. Hanamarth Riversong is another good one, especially for solo play. I think he would be four threat. Is that right? Murder's mm -hmm. three. I think he has one, 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 one. But not, not bad to start and play. There are some very low threat dwarf heroes as well. Um, if you are so inclined to play one of them, like, say, Nori. Or the again, Silverbeard. Yeah, the new one, that's right. He's only six threat. Mm. So you could do that. A Zane Silverbeard is seven for a three attacker, which is pretty good. Not bad. Um, there's Dory as well, if you want. I suppose you would, you would run Biffer, though, for seven. How about so Bomber for four? It's cheap. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, think I'd rather pay four threat for him than three resources for him. I guess. <laughs> not good. Oh, Angbor the Fearless is actually not bad either. Five threat, and he has. He's okay at the beginning, but then when you get towards late game, he'd be quite good for five threat. Mm hmm. He'd be an easy way to make that Pillars of the King trigger the kicker because you could start a really th low threat and it'd be easy to raise it by 10 when you went to 40. I feel smart. Yeah. What's that? You should try it. Try that deck. I should. I know some of the allies don't seem like they make sense, like doing... Galleon is stupid, say. It seems stupid, but one thing this does open up is a lot of potential for teching. Like, if you do want some effect straight away, like, for example, right, Mark of the King, Gaffer, Gamgee, it seems stupid because <laughs> you lose a hero. But what if there's some quests where you just want to build something really strange and specific to tech against it? And some allies got that effect. Like Gambari Gan, you mentioned him. So he quests for zero turn one, which is useless. But if you're in a quest where there's an active location at the beginning, and, and it's four it. players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, he's going to crush that. Mm -hmm. And if there's four players, chances are there's always going to be an active location. So he won't be questing for zero. Yeah. You're probably not going to use his travel action. Though. No, nobody does. But it is there. <laughs> no, nobody wants to. I think I've used it once in my life. Mm. Four long the fat is another good one too. Mm -hmm. 
Is that the um, Outlands guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was up. just thinking that. Yeah, that, that guy would be pretty damn sweet. For because one of the drawbacks for him, I find when I play Outlands, is by the time you get him out, um, you don't need it's him. Expensive. You don't need him. All the, other out, all the other Outlands are just smashing everything up. So he's a bit redundant. Like, he's great, but uh, he's just like a very win-more card. If you got him straight away, though, straight away from the, from the, from the get-go, and you don't have to pay his cost to play him, and you don't have to make that choice mm. about whether to play him or vomit 75 outlands in one turn and I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really cool and and it's another outlands hero like there isn't three outlands heroes is there so um it's only one you could also use Imre hill and turn him into outlands but again that's not super easy yeah outlands needs a, need some help don't they mm, big time <laughs> <laughs> and um and it's the same when you were saying with the harad ones as well like it's, that's another Harad hero. Like the, for me, this is quite a uh, um, quite a cool thing about this contract. Is it is it's opening up the thematic decks? You know, uh-huh. that third hero start that you're chucking in just anything in there because you haven't got another choice. Well, all of a sudden now you can you can make those decks really thematic. I like it. Yeah, um, the other the spirit Harad Allah, the defender uh, Jubair, he's quite Jubair. a good option as well. Mm. What about like Boromir and Legolas, the tactic ones? They're solid, solid, solid mm-hmm. allies. Would you want them as... Um, they're quite expensive, I should imagine. Boromir is actually quite good because he gets that defense buff as well, so he his value is more than his stats. Uh, yeah. So he's he's coming in for four, eight, nine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not cheap, but he's better than that, and he has that auto-ready, which hmm. isn't bad. You put a Gunter and Shield on him, he's defending for five. Um, and how many tactics decks do you play where, oh, I really want to see Legolas and get him out because I've got no card draw? Mm-hmm. Well, now Legolas turn one, you've got card draw from killing stuff. That makes, uh, that's really good <laughs> for a tactics deck. And he's what, three, six, eight, eight or nine? Eight, I think. Must I think be eight. He is right. Yeah, he has one willpower. I know that. Yeah, eight, man. Anyway, it's going to take forever to play through all these different options. It's going to, like Caleb said, these contracts give us plenty to work on for the next five years. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks, Morton, for that question. Hope we thrash that topic soundly enough for you. Ready to move on? Anything else to say about that? I'll take that as a no. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing I wanted to uh, talk about in this first half of the show is epic multiplayer quests. There are two quests in the game that have been released at Gen Con and then used for fellowship events where you can link up three different staging areas and play 12 people at once. Very unique. Um, A Siege of Anumanus and Attack or Assault. FFG can't quite decide which it is on Dol Guldur. And you should know that will be hard because it has the word Dol Guldur in it. Um, is that so a word? Of, it's, it's, I guess it's two words. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't played these before, I thought we'd just talk through them and kind of what's unique about them and 
then we just played them over the last month. Ryan and I participated in the online um, games of these with people across the world and had a good bit of fun with them. I thought I'd talk about our experiences there. And you played these, right, right uh, Liam? In fellowship yes. events? Yes. Um, played them in the fellowship events and played uh, them at Con of the Rings. Um, That's right. These are the only times I have played them. Um, but... Um, yeah super fun um and great to be able to play with a lot of people how did your online one go how did that go did you guys have fun with that uh yeah it was quite fun um let's let's go over siege of anuminous first and just kind of talk about how it works and the structure of it and then kind of talk about how it went down um online does that sound good Mm-hmm. All right, Siege of Anuinus. Let me just run through what's unique about it. I like this quest a lot. Um, so this is Anuinus. It's the capital of the northern kingdom of Gondor, which is called Arnor. It is ruined at this point in history, but the Dunedain still hang out there a little bit. So this is the orcs trying to take it. You have a objective that has a certain number of hit points, depending on how many players. And then through the game, uh, the bad guys would be whittling that down. You have to keep at least one hit point on at the end to be able to win. You lose if you run out of hit points. And then I think the really cool thing about this is you have three different staging areas. And there's a feel of there's a geographic feel to it. You have one staging area that's at the city where you like shore up the defenses you have one that's a little further out the outer walls you're i don't know what you're doing there i have to look and then you have the outpost where the enemies hit first um so yeah and then you have three turns i think at the stage one and where quest doesn't really hit you that hard although it's not easy <laughs> relative also, to the rest of that <laughs> there's a different setup for each one too the first stage which is home base you get four locations the middle stage you just get four enemies or locations and the outer stage you get four enemies i believe that's correct um so there's a very different feel for each one at the beginning and then stage two each one is different as well the outer stage a huge monster host hits you it's one of the biggest enemies in the entire game it has nine attack 12 hit points it's not pretty that one spawns every single turn there and if you don't kill it actually if you don't engage it if it's in the staging area at the end of the round it's going to go to the next staging area it's going to yeah. keep going down closer and closer to the city it's quite exciting um, and then it breaks through the last one, doesn't it, and does some damage? Yeah, if it gets, if you don't kill it or engage it at the last at stage one uh, A, we'll say, or two A, whatever, two B, uh, it'll smash like a quarter of the health off of your city, so you can't let it get through. Hmm. We, me, and um, this is this is a uh, Jen. Uh, uh, sorry, um, 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 at Con of the Rings when we played the. Me and Sean were paired up 
and we didn't realize that um, we couldn't work out how you, how you get them. Um, those is it the lieutenants? Mm-hmm. There is one yeah. lieutenant, yeah. Or oh, the host is the big the host enemy that the keeps coming. Yeah, yeah, because we, um, yeah, I think there was just a bit of confusion about whether you could engage them or whether they carried on down the table if you engaged them or not. But once we worked out the rules properly, we absolutely creamed our, our section. You guys did really, I think our whole table absolutely smashed that one. We, we might have scooped it the first game, I think. Maybe we had two attempts at it, uh, but the second attempt went really well. And I think we finished with more health than you start with. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, the first one. stage, stage A, or 1A, 1B, if you quest well enough, you can, uh, sure enough, the defense, you can add hit points to the city, giving yourself longevity through the game. Uh, that's what I really like about this quest. Each staging area has a specific goal, very different than the other stages. You rely on each other, uh, and what you do affects each other, but in a different way than the next quest we'll talk about. Yeah. Ryan, was this the one that we played at one of our uh, events uh, in Bristol? Yeah, it was, yeah. We played it Epic Multiplayer that time. Is this the one that we didn't manage to complete? Uh, no, we did this one. Was that, wasn't, I thought there was one where we couldn't do it and we had to, and a few people left and then we tried it again with a smaller group. Is that uh, this one? Maybe in the next one. I don't remember that though. I don't remember being there for that one. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering it. I think I'd left the country for an attack on Dumbledore because it was that bad. <laughs> so, um, maybe that was then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the home base ones. The first one A is rebuild the defenses, and then two A is defend the city, and then. Three is lead the sortie. You go out and take out a battering ram, and then we uh, then one C is raise the levy, and that's where you have enemies and locations, and then guard the gate, and then rescue the captives. At stage three, there's something dramatic happens at each quest stage. At the first one, three A, you have this battering ram that starts just smashing your city, and you have to take it out. Uh, at the middle stage. There's enemy camp. The enemy captures a hero from every player. So that's 12 heroes in a fully complemented game. And you have to clear that camp to get your heroes back. And a hero dies every turn. It's brutal. <laughs> There's pretty much no way you can clear it the first turn. So one hero is going to die from that effect no matter what. It was my hero. <laughs> this game too. And then the other... E one E or three E or F. There's siege tunnel. Enemies just spawn, I believe. Yeah, each team discards until they get an enemy. So you have these unique locations that each staging area has to clear to stop this nasty thing happening. And to travel to it, you have to reveal a card per player, so it's very painful to actually do it. But each each staging area has a very specific goal. So you know what you're getting into at the beginning of the quest. I really like the asymmetry of that. But then you have this lieutenant of Angmar, this sorcerer. I guess he's not. A, I thought he was a Nazgul, but he's not. He's just a sorcerer. 
who jumps around. Whoever's doing the best, he comes and wrecks their life. But you you have to clear all those fancy locations and kill the lieutenant and still have life on your city to win the game. There's a basic rundown. Probably too much, but... I like this quest a lot. We played it a couple weeks ago. What was that? Probably four weeks ago now, wasn't it? Online. And we beat it in our first attempt. And it, we actually had quite a bit of life left on the city. Uh, first fellowship event I played it at, it wasn't so easy. It's quite complicated when you're just meeting up with 12 random people. I think that in some ways is quite tricky with these sort of multiplayer events is they tend to be really difficult. They tend to be quite rules intensive and you can easily miss things. And there tends yeah. to be a real variety of um, of people playing uh, with mm-hmm. a variety of different collections and um, experience in the game. Um, whilst that isn't true at something like Con of the Rings where everyone seemed to have crazy good decks and know exactly what was going on. Um, when I've played these fellowship events before um, in like Bristol and places like that, um, they can be a bit tricky, you know, um, and they can be a bit frustrating. And sometimes you can be sat there having done your part of the stage, just waiting as as other groups will like constantly be resetting rather than like you know constantly trying over and over again to try and get past the first bit um so it it can be it can be tricky in that sense and sometimes that isn't what people are looking for when they just want to go to an event about a card game that they quite enjoy casual players there to get some loot play Mm. man alter (laughs) yeah and then get absolutely creamed by (laughs) the host of arnor uh ryan do you want to talk about our online game we won. That's all you need to know. But it was a very good game, and um, we played with, well, it was me, you, and um, Sam the Man Gamgee, whose real name is Ben, but we just called him Sam because it's easier, and um, John. I think they host the podcast about Marvel uh, thingy, card Champion, game. Champions. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 which I didn't know about because I still haven't played that. And then Vardane ran the encounter deck. And um, it all went pretty well because I brought along my Saruman deck and awesome. played. Yeah, I played um, those cards. I can't remember. Deep Knowledge and Legacy of Numenor Turn One, and then the Gondor deck, which um, Sam was piloting, as I'm going to uh, call him, vomited out like ten resources worth of stuff, <laughs> and we just rolled it. There was one part where we got flooded with enemies, but we still managed to kill them all. Uh, that's yeah. Um, I felt like Con of the Rings because we were only playing it in uh, groups of two, six and, players. Yeah. yeah, it it was still um, it wasn't easy at Con of the Rings, but uh, wasn't massively difficult. And this time, really, I thought it was um, plain sailing. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. We were Tell doing dumb stuff. Well, did you need mm. it? Which one? Which one got killed? I forget. Aristor, I think. Aristor, yeah. I think you'd won by that point, though. Yeah. Were, was it Aristor? Were you playing Aristor? Arwen? I think I was playing Noldor. Yeah. I'm looking at the video. Uh, I was just sort of skimming through as you were talking about it, and you played Sulian deck. 
Oh yeah, what was but that? never triggered Sulian once. I don't know. Like I said, just seven threat for three willpower isn't too shabby at all. Yeah, it's not too bad. Scout, which is very valuable. The video I'm looking at here, there's seven locations in the staging area, though. So, I know I literally forgot to trigger it. <laughs> uh, and then there was the three hunters deck as well, so it was good. But when I played that, um, I don't know if you remember this, Liam, but we tried it once, four players at, at your house, and we got wrecked, completely owned, and we we, we just put it away. <laughs> we were trying again. We just put it away and went. Let's play something easier. Because I think what happened was we got our hordes of Angmar. I think it's called on turn one, which puts out four enemies, one with each player, and it went downhill from there. Uh, and yeah, because you can play these um, without having multiple groups, can't you? Is that what we did? Mm. Do you play yeah. just as like one? Yeah, one second. We just played a normal yeah. mode. And um, I think this is very different. Uh, as a solo quest, so this is easy to be honest. In solo, I reckon. I find it fairly challenging still. Do you? Uh, stage two. It takes a long time, I guess, because you need fifty progress. Time. But there's an effect where either the biggest enemy from the staging area attacks you, or if there's no enemy, you have to reveal an extra card. So you have to get fifty progress minus ten for every host you kill. And you're revealing two cards or taking a massive attack every turn. Uh, so I, th- I find going to stage two can be a really st- real sticking point. And either you hold on, but you keep spawning extra cards if you're winning because you have, you're killing everything. Or you're getting mauled by some huge enemy because it's the only one you can leave up there because your threat probably isn't great shape from all the locations that you have to raise your threat to travel to. I find it a really fun one to play. It's challenging for me to play. Maybe I got lucky when I played it. I'm just comparing it to Dolguldur here as well, by the way. If you compare it to Dolguldur, it's a walk in the park, but we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I like it as a solo quest, though. I think that's one of the strengths. It can be played two-player, one solo, four-player, six-player, 12-player, and it still feels whole you don't have all the effects happening when you just play it in one single staging area but it still has enough going on to make sense i think as a fellowship um if you can call it that everybody did quite well um because i think that wander and took's table were the ones taking the host first and um they never let one pass because they were just wrecking them so hard yeah, they did great. They they were talking about deliberately sending one to the second table, which was Cardboard of the Rings, but they didn't. Didn't you do that to us, Liam, at Con, Con of the Rings? They sent one down the line just for a lap to see if anybody yeah. could deal with it. Yeah, well, we we were we were like smashing that first stage. I think we were playing Outlands and Dale, so it was very nice. very comfortable. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was kind of like, oh well, let these other guys have some fun as well. I'll send them down the line. It's coming down. <laughs> A difference that stands out to me from this one and the dog is this one, the treacheries and things have got choices, mm-hmm. so you can choose the option that hurts you the least at the time, or it's like each player can choose the one they want, whereas um. The other one's just bad, bad, bad. 
Everything's bad. Kicking the teeth or kicking the groin, and the don't so go down no to you in the then. groin three times for every treachery. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scientific. Did you, so one of the um one of the um one of the other sort of uh, tricky things about these big multiplayer quests is uh, the hero lineups. Did you find uh, any trickiness with that when you were doing it online, or did you pre-plan it all? We pre-planned it pretty uh, carefully, especially for a door goal door. But you don't have you can ignore um, unique rules between staging areas. So in our most recent game, we had A one in every single game, I think. So three A ones, which was kind of goofy, but it kind of makes sense too. Yeah, I'm running around. <laughs> Elrond was in every game on the oh, first one. Yeah, so much I don't think, I'm not sure, but I don't think he was in any of the games for Dolder. That's because there's that stupid location that limits you to heal one per character per turn. <laughs> yeah, can't use the hard. The archery is not as bad. There's a lot of archery in Numinous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another feature of this quest and actually Dolder is you. Um, spend progress as a kind of a resource a lot like the harad cycle you either have to do this nasty thing or take progress off the quest and you need progress on the quest to win or to up the defenses or do various other things um which is fun because you can make choices again but if you start to lose it's kind of a cascading effect where you can't choose anymore you just have to take the bad effect which makes everything worse and worse and worse so that is a feature for both of these quests if you start to lose it's really difficult to come back so don't start to fail easy enough right easy I mean, that is the truth though especially with Dolder. Yeah. um it, you don't really get rewarded for doing well, but your reward is you don't get wrecked by those horrible plunging <laughs> effects on it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. In both quests, there's some fun interaction between staging areas. If you do bad, well, is that true yeah, in this I, quest? I'm, well, I'm wrong, actually, because you do get rewarded in Dolder because you get to trigger your kicker if you get enough progress. Yeah. But you, you cannot fail on those things in Dolder. We haven't really talked about Dolder yet. Yeah, I'll move on to that in just a second. But Anuminous, at the end of the round, each stage, no matter what, they get to choose this benefit to hand out. They can take it themselves or they can get it, give it to a different stage, which is fun. You have a little bit of interaction. It can be a little bit confusing trying to figure out who wants it, who needs it. It's a bit chaotic playing with that many people. But no matter what, there's a response to the end of the round, choose a stage. Each player at that stage heals one damage from a character. It's a pretty lame ability, but it's something. Guard the Isn't gate that... at the end of the round, choose a stage. Each player uh, choose a hero and gets one resource. That's each player good. draws a card. But each player gets to do something. That's, that's nice. Dol Guldur, the effects, you have to earn them, which is harder. And they're a little more limited, like one player heals one damage or something which is kind of pathetic or one player searches i guess they're more powerful effects but only one player gets to do it one player searches their entire deck for a card or one player kills an enemy 
But if you don't do well enough, well, I guess there's no penalty in a Numenos. I kind of like that. Stage two, there's lots going on, but you can't hurt people at different stages beyond the host of Angmar barreling through. And then stage three, there's a bad effect from that location that you can clean up by traveling to it, which you need to do. So I like this quest. I think the difficulty level is probably higher than I would ideally like for a fellowship event, just because the uh, level of players isn't very consistent at those kind of events. At Gen Con and Con of the Rings, all the players are pretty serious. It's perfect for that. But for I, I thought one of them got slated at one of the Gen Cons for being too hard. I got what? Like Big segue so, that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was uh, there wasn't there wasn't there was some people that were, uh, I guess I don't I can't really think of it. You might have to think of a more tactical way of uh, phrasing it. To be honest, Joe. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, you're, you're good at that. I think that. I think that um, the complaint was that Dogledur was insufficiently pick-up and playable, as you might hope for with a group of randoms, some of whom might be just using core set cards. And we had somebody at our game of Anuminous, um, when we actually played Liam, who had basically a core set and like the Elrond AP, and he had like a 70-card... Well, he had a 70-card deck or something crazy, and I helped him (laughs) thin it down a bit. And I was running Outlands, so I could carry him um, on the table. Yes, I played Outlands. And, <laughs> and there was another group as well that was... I built their fellowship like, for them. Yeah, that was it. That was <laughs> they, they told that me was... what cards they had, and they said, we don't know what to build. And I, I said, oh, I'll use this uh, fellowship then. Wow. We played, it, we played it on easy mode. I remember now. Yeah, that as well. Well, actually, yeah. I think we did Sleazy. We all took an extra Sleazy resource. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So there are some things you can That's do. That's a good idea, actually. Like... Build everyone's deck for them, tell them what to play, and give them extra money. That's <laughs> <laughs> bad, but it wasn't quite that extreme. No, it was really fun, though. It was really fun. It's, it's really fun to be able to play with that many people. It's a real fun team experience. But the stress I was under, trying to manage it, trying to tell people what they needed to do, reading everyone's yeah. quest cards for them because they could, couldn't could keep track of them, it was intensely stressful for me and i was yeah. exhausted and my voice was burnt to a crisp <laughs> by the time i was done with both of these events well i hope they appreciated it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i remember because that third table had um they had like you built their fellowship deck for them but they were on that first quest stage for a really long time like i remember being sat there for like a good like 25 30 minutes like chatting and like you know having fun sort of like hanging out and sort of seeing how their games are going and stuff but they got really i think they got really unlucky as well like it wasn't it wasn't more than that but like they got very badly posed a number of times in a row um because at first we were like oh if one of us goes out we should all reset and then after the after like the first time we're like nah nah (laughs) we'll wait for you at b and (laughs) yeah and uh (laughs) see how it goes Speaking of, I have to make fun of Chad a little bit here. In this recent game of Anuminous, he was at stage C, the middle one, and he came in and trash-talked everybody in the various channels saying, don't mess it up. And then their stagenary got hammered. They're supposed to reveal or put uh, random cards into play for cards, combination of heroes, uh, enemies, and locations, and they 
did all enemies randomly. And then the first four cards they revealed was four enemies. So they had like eight enemies turn one. <laughs> and they <laughs> took a long time to come back from that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but they did, to their credit. <laughs> what was that? That's, that's karma. Yeah. <laughs> I think that for the next quest, karma is something you need. Ugh, attack on assault on Dold Guldur. Where does the difference between attack and assault come from? Is one product labeled differently? No, they're just inconsistent. It's insane. Oh, because I thought it was attack on Dold Guldur. Yeah. It is, but it's also assault on Dold Guldur. If Where you it click that? on the links I have in the show notes... One article literally says assault on dual gold door, and one says attack on dual gold door. Oh, <laughs> assault fellowship article, attack release article. I think the cards are labeled attack. Yeah, the, the cards have got attack written all over them. But after the first, uh, we played this twice on online recently because the first time we failed. So I put up the uh, Boromir meme where it says, one does not simply attack Dol Guldur or assault. So, Anumanos, good. Attack on Dol Guldur, not so sure. Is that not so good in what way? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think you could argue this is a masterpiece of quest design if you were so inclined. If you're Sauron. <laughs> exactly. Because if you, if you think of it from the perspective of like, how difficult can you make this so that people need to go away for two weeks and think about what they're doing? <laughs> Re-evaluate and, their choices. Yeah, and not just sit there, you know, just having fun, drinking beer, but going, if we do this thing, what's the consequence? It's a quest like that. It makes you think. It makes you carefully plan. So this one is has a lot of similarities. I'll go over it if no one else wants to. Please save me. Don't let me do it. I'm not sure I could do it justice. I I actually really, really appreciated your little backstory intro where you sort of set up the last quest, where you t- talked about sort of the history behind it. I think um, that was a yeah, masterpiece. You should definitely... <laughs> the history there. The only history yeah. I know about this is that people can't beat it when it's in the core nah. set. So. <laughs> yeah. There's two Dogo Door quests that are incredibly hard. Yeah. <laughs> Third, if you count Nightmare. <laughs> That's the, which one's worse? <laughs> oh, the Nightmare Escape, easily. So this one, Tekken, Dogo Door, it happened actually after the ring was burnt up. It's one of the last parts of the War of the Ring. Rooting out the Necromancer, uh, Celeborn led the assault um, throughout, I think, the year... I'm not sure if it's the year or if it's several years before uh, forces from Dol Guldur, Dol Guldur attacked the elves in um, Lothlorien there. So that's represented in the game by the first part of the quest is just there's so you start with one orc per player in the staging area and you have three turns where nothing crazy happens. You're just facing the nasty stuff out of the encounter deck. And if you do well enough, you earn this host of Florian, a nice uh, Sylvan objective ally card, nice stats, three, 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 six, and it doesn't exhaust a quest. So that, you really need that. You've got to get 10 progress before the end of those three turns to earn it. 
And then if you do super well, another 20 progress on this, you get this host, this uh, power of lowering a card where you can cancel one treachery in the game or one card, I guess, any card. Pretty good, but it takes 30 progress to earn it after you earn the total of 30 to earn both. So first three turns represent three times the bad guys attacked Lorien. And then you go to the stage two and you're attacking back. You're trying to take Dolgoldor. If you do an epic multiplayer, there are four different stage twos. And instead of sticking at one, having one roll, like you do in Enuminous, which I like, which you can plan for, you choose a new one every single turn. So this one, uh, one turn, you're attacking Dolgoldor. One turn, you're fighting in the trees. One turn... You're in the dungeon. You're always switching. And each stage is unique. It has a special boss that you'll have to face, probably. They're all mean. And then in effect, if you don't have enough progress on it, something terrible happens. Like, fighting under the trees, if you don't get five on it, every player on every stage has to discard uh, cards until they find an enemy. So that's, if you don't get enough progress, that's 12 enemies in the gate. Spawned for free for the encounter deck. Um, There's another stage where if you don't get five, everyone in the entire game has to discard their entire hand except one card. It's horrible. (laughs) Another stage... Um, everyone has to discard an ally that 12 allies discarded and then there's little kickers if you do well enough if you don't get 5 something horrible happens if you do get 5 nothing happens if you get 10 something good happens you could have one player at one stage search their deck for one ally so if you do bad 12 allies dead if you do good you get one ally <laughs> you don't even get them in play do you you do, you do get them in play oh, yeah if you do bad at the, under the trees, you get 12 enemies. If you do good, you get to destroy one enemy. <laughs> you bad at the Necromancer's Tower, everyone discards their entire hand but one. If you do good, one player at one stage gets to search their deck for one card. So the punishment is huge. The benefit is small if you're doing well, which is turn off for me. I, don't, I think it could be a little bit better balanced. And then... In Anuminous, you have a city you're defending. Hit points go down is bad. You want to keep your hit points up. In this one, you have an enemy city you're attacking. Hit points start high. You have to whittle it down. Every enemy and location, almost every location, has a siege value. As you kill it, you knock off hit points off the city. You win by getting the city down to zero and then simultaneously killing all the bosses in play at every stage. Every card in the counter deck is nasty. There's really nasty treacheries. And then the other piece of the puzzle is every Dol Guldur location has a nasty effect that blocks a huge part of the game. And when you go to stage two, you have to spawn four of them if in a four-player game. So those effects, and you can't travel to them unless you're at the right stage. Very difficult to get rid of them. And when they're in play, they block huge parts of the game. So... If you don't carefully plan, you can't do half of the things in your deck because these locations. You're getting hammered if another stage fails, and then you fail, then they get hammered, and then it's 
bosses start to attack you and it's just a cycle of death and it's if you anybody messes up it kind of destroys the whole game so you've already guessed my opinion about this one i think it's too hard i was like listening to somebody recounting a nightmare from the day you know they just woke up and like they're telling you every single detail of their worst nightmare he's he's just like in a in a cold shower just like on yeah. his uh, sat <laughs> down walking backward and forward like. <laughs> um i think i've burnt most of this quest out of my mind it must have been that hard like when you're describing it it was like listening to a whole new thing like i was like have i even played this but uh, you haven't oh. and i know we did one of our first recordings we did together he was about to go to it oh okay uh, Maybe I did burn it out of my mind then. Or maybe that was the one that I was thinking of Ryan, where I was saying we just got beaten over and over again and gave up. And then we went have, home. And then we went home. It must have been that one. <laughs> and that's when the drinking started. Yeah. <laughs> and continued to this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that makes a lot more sense to me, actually. I was beginning to fall into place. I like hard quests, um, but I don't know whether I like hard quests where you got to get twelve, like eleven other people to play it at on the same board, time. on board with it. You know, I, but like, I mean, I, I love like hard. Like we were talking about Arkham earlier and how difficult that can be. And um, I love a good challenge. I play video games often, whack the difficulty up because I just like to feel like you know a bit of a challenge but yeah when you're having to involve 11 other people that's uh that's a tough ask and the big thing is if one person doesn't pull their weight or if one staging area just has a nasty time you have to start the whole game over again basically like in our recent game we played three weeks ago two weeks ago our fellowship had a hard time we didn't plan enough basically we didn't test enough we didn't we weren't able to get everyone together noobs noobs yep and we uh, everyone else doing okay because they actually prepared better than we did but we one turn we got eight enemies at once and we already weren't doing well and it was we were just done and we could tell there was no way we could come back even if everyone else was doing fine and gave us their pathetic boons we weren't going to make it back so we just had to quit so the likelihood of someone failing is high enough that even if 11 people are doing pretty well it can uh, go south quite easily and then you feel shamed it's not even mm-hmm. the the first attempt of that oh yeah we got absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah there's hose and then there's plunging and then there's <laughs> something where like all the drains are blocked this was like unblocking a fatberg level of plunging <laughs> Uh, don't go- don't Google that. And watch that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what was the sequence of events there in that first turn? Just trying to, just trying to remember. I think what. Ha- so, there's a treachery that makes an enemy do an attack from the staging area. There's three of them. It's called Servant of Siron, and there's four and it surges. In the area, and it surges. Yeah. <laughs> well, the surge wasn't so relevant, I think, because what happened was one of them was revealed, which made one of the orc chuds do an attack. And Bayon had to defend it. And then that was fine. But they also get plus one attack whenever they attack two. So he went up to four. Then another one got revealed. So another one did an attack. And his shadow card did an additional attack as well. So 
Before anything had even happened, Bayoran was basically dead, and nobody had any ready characters, and there's four enemies coming down. And then we got the treasury that everyone exhausts the character, and nobody yeah. can ready from player card effects till the end of the round. So we had quested pretty aggressively, which we have to do. And then Bayorn got mauled, and then everyone had exhaust everybody. So we had everyone exhausted, Bayorn pretty much dead and exhausted, and we had seven enemies. And I think that was just our table. I think one of the other tables got owned as well on that first attempt. Yeah. So every card is pretty much a nasty card. There's a couple enemies that aren't that bad, but there's so many treacheries. And then those locations, they kind of block you from canceling treacheries. Yeah, there's one location that you don't mind seeing, which is the Blackened Woods, because it's three threat. But even that does something bad when it leaves play. Raises everyone's threat. Like, yeah, you can get lucky. What, zero to four? But... Yeah, essentially. I mean, getting hit for a four is terrible. It's very bad. 12 threat or 16 threat across the board. The other one is the archer. He's not too bad to see. There's like a two threat archer, but also the two threat chud orcs. But because they all start in the stationary, they go in the discard pile. You don't see them forever. Yeah, you don't see them again until it cycles. There's one treachery that's not too bad, the one that limits how many progress you can put on, but every other treachery is massively painful. Mm -hmm. One spawns four more cards in four player. One limits your ready aim. One damages every single exhausted character and every single exhausted character gets minus one willpower so your willpower can massively plummet mid-game or mid-turn it's just terrible on that yeah i think what happened in the first game as well was um something you discovered was key when you started testing it is keeping the staging area clear of locations which is really difficult to do but you kind of need some specific tech for it and that's why it's it's not really good for pickup games because people often don't bring those cards. So yeah. things like Heirs of Arendil or Strider's Path, um, Distant Stars is all right as well. Uh, Asphaloth we used in our game. Lots okay. of like point-and-click location effects. Yeah. So the knot is this. There's four different quest stages, and you only can travel... There's four different locations. Each location is linked to a quest stage. If you're at quest stage... To B, you can't travel to three of those locations. You only can travel to the one that's linked to that. So you have to kind of keep cycling through all these quest stages, traveling to them, but you only can clear one a turn. It can't take progress in the staging area either unless you're at the appropriate one. So it's just this huge knot, and all those locations are stopping you from reducing your threat or healing or canceling stuff. And if you leave those, and since it spawned, at the first three turns, you can't travel to any of them. So usually about three or four of them build up. And then when you go to stage two, you have to spawn four of them. So if you aren't proactive, you start with all eight of those locations in play, and you pretty much never dig yourself out. So you have to start clearing them immediately so they're cycling instead of just sitting there blocking you. I played it several times playing four decks against it this last week it made my brain hurt and made me made me sick <laughs> <laughs> but we beat it I felt really good about it 
It, well, the second time we tried this. Yeah, is the, the first second, time. Sure. The second video. Yeah, well, it was like more like a dream because it was <laughs> so we easy. It. Yeah, we really it crushed it. Easy. I got so, beat up a few times, well, but. It, <laughs> yeah, right. It's not easy, but we got Power of Lorium, which I've never seen anybody do ever. So yeah, it's almost like the pendulum swung from the pure, thorough Fatberg plunge <laughs> fest to like, we're going to wreck it now. We did quite well that second time. But yeah, you really have to carefully plan your fellowships. Even things you think will work won't work. Bring Power Decks to it doesn't mean you're going to win you have to build no weird decks <laughs> i i don't think i think this was mentioned briefly during the game but if you look actually look through the fellowships which i'm doing now you wouldn't look at them and go oh they brought that power deck there's two no. noldor decks and that's really the only recognizable uh sort of um tribal Archetype. deck yeah you you would see here it's all pretty uh weird or um just just solid stuff if you look through all of them it's all solid heroes that you can rely on, apart from, say, the lore uh, secrecy deck. Although right. that's a powerful deck anyway. So um, it's interesting. There's only two leadership heroes across across this whole fellowship. Oh wow! One of them's Purple Aimer, and the other one's Balin. So that probably says something about how uh, sexy leadership is <laughs> <laughs> for for something like this. The tons of spirit and tons of lore, which is it's kind of interesting. Control. Yeah, it, it is for that. It's for support. You'd think you'd need some aggressive heroes, but really you only need one or two. And then all the other characters help with questing and bring in tests of will and stuff like that. So, for example, at our table, we've got Grimbjorn the Old and Legolas. They did most of the killing along with Haldir. And then um, the Cardboard of the Rings table has also got Haldir and Grimbjorn and Bayorn. And then the final table, Wandering Took's got Aragorn and Boromir. They're the aggressive heroes. Oh, and Purple Aimer as well. They were doing fancy stuff with uh, Herogrim and Galadriel, boosting his willpower and then triggering Her Herogrim to boost his attack like crazy during the quest phase. And knock out Killing the stuff. mashed potato head men and things yeah, like that. Cool. Yeah, Body we talked about the locations trolls. and the uh, treacheries, but the enemies, there's a. In Anubinus, there's this host that comes every turn. But he's not an encounter deck. In this one, there's a host that just keeps coming back all the time. There's two, two of them in there, and they're non-unique. They're no victory points. They just keep coming. You never know when. And then there's eight these attack. huge trolls. Eight attack, 12 hit points, four defense, four archery. They're just monsters. <laughs> and then there's a troll. There's no slouch either. He's four. You need a holiday, mate. <laughs> I do. <laughs> And on the subject of Mark of the King, it's, it's, oh, Messenger of the King. I'm still calling it Mark of the King. I don't know why. Um, there was one deck player in Messenger of the King at every table, and two of them were Furial. Mm -hmm. The Just other one was Robin Yeah, And then there's a couple of Three Hunters decks as well, and a Fellowship. And in fact, there's four Three Hunters decks. Huh. Wow. Four out of twelve. So if you haven't guessed by now, my opinion is the difficulty level is too high for almost any sort of event. I think it was it's quite it was cool to do this online thing. We had twelve really uh, high quality or high highly skilled players from 
around the world. Get ready for it, work together, and do it. And it's quite satisfying to beat. But for a fellowship or a Gen Con, I think it's uh, you have to but, tech too hard against it. And I you don't fit recommend your having, uh, doing it. <laughs> I was going to say, if you can take your entire collection with you, and, and you got a day, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. fine. Also worth noting that Sylvans suck against this quest because of that one treachery that damages everybody because they all have one hit point. And Sylvans are the ones who are attacking Dolgulder, so I don't know why that is. <laughs> it was a hard fight for them. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> The other oh. thing that's interesting is because of that, there's no Celeborn in any of this uh, in this right. fellowship, which is a bit of a shame. There's a Galadriel, but no that's Celeborn. It. I wanted to play Sylvan, but I played Noldor instead. Also, I think this is not a very fun solo quest. In solo, things change a bit. Instead of ignoring six of the quest cards like a Numenos, just having a straightforward quest, you have to travel to a different or deal with a different stage two every turn, but then you trigger a random nasty effect every turn on the ones that you weren't at. So you can't control what happens to you. So there's a very high likelihood you'll lose your entire hand at some point. It's not even solo. That's just normal mode. That's normal mode, but in solo it's even less controllable because you literally cannot even try to keep your hand. Uh... Can you try in four-player? Other people can try for you. You have to go to a different one every turn. In a four-player, you can somebody can always go to that stage, but in solo, you have to go to a different one every turn. You only can go to one. So at least every other turn, that's a distinct possibility. They have to do the same in four-player, though. Just the whole group goes to one stage and then gets hit with one of the random effects. Oh, four-player, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're talking about 12-player. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Twelve player, right? Epic. No, it's all my four player. So yeah, I, I haven't played this four player. I've played it solo and two player, and it's the only way I've beaten it solo is with Noldor because Aristor doesn't care if he loses his hand. <laughs> the only way I've beaten it is with Dale, and I have to get sneak attack Gandalf turn one to kill the orc Chud, and if I don't right. do that, I lose. <laughs> Yeah. Because you you have to kill that chud really, unless you can tank him for a couple of turns, because he starts to get power up. Yeah, he powers up because he, he gets plus one attack, plus one defense every single attack he makes. Or you have to take progress off, unless you yeah. didn't. If you didn't get progress on, if you're struggling, then you get hammered even harder. Yep. So if you want a big, huge challenge, I recommend this. If you like to live and have fun in life, I do not recommend this. We got nothing better to do in lockdown, so you might as well give it a go, twelve-handed. Yeah. With Actually, one collection. Joe Holmes, I believe that's the last name, the guy who coordinated these last events, he, uh, I think it was this one, or it was a new mass. He played 12 hands by himself once. Wow. <laughs> with wow. everybody's deck. Yeah. Well, he not with everybody's deck for this event, but he literally built 12 decks out of his own collection and played it solo. I'm going to shake one of his 12 hands when I see him for that. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> that's beyond my level of crazy. Or maybe I'll touch his elbow, actually. Or kick his foot, as we're supposed Social to do now. Distancing. Yeah, exactly. I'll give him a <laughs> nod across the room. <laughs> well, you've thoroughly um, put us off that quest, so should we talk about something else now? I've raged long enough. 
But it was really fun to beat it. It felt the good. The necromancer's rage. <laughs> In real life. <laughs> so, so those are the two epic multiplayer quests in the game. Very unique, very interesting, fun if you can get 12 people together. You can do them with three people. You can do them with six people. I really like six people. It's a little less chaotic. Six and is good. We had a lot of fun doing a Numinous at Con of the Rings with six people. You could do them with three people, couldn't you, as well? You could, yeah. Could you do them with six people? (laughs) You could do it with nine people. You can actually do it with a non-even number. You can do it with one player, one stage, two player, other stages. It's okay. Um, Wow, that would be... Did that be cool? I'm not sure. It's different. I've done it. It's not ideal, but it's possible. The player playing solo will have to wait so long to go to the next round. (laughs) That's another feature of these quests. Players tend to play at different speeds, and there can be a lot of downtime, which is fine. You get some visiting and whatnot, but you yeah, can't I think have when we, a lot of downtime. When, when we played a Numinous, uh, or maybe it was the first game of Attack on Dolder, there was a lot of downtime in one of them, which we had to fill with memes and things. But the last one, it seemed to progress much faster. It only took three hours for seven turns. Yeah, well, I, I was sort of looking at the time as we were going along. I was thinking we're doing quite well. And the game ended at around 2.45. That's pretty fast for a 12-player yeah, uh, internet thing. I guess in the first it one, somebody, second attempt too. Yeah, somebody lagged out and stuff as well when we played it before. That, yeah, kind of, that is pretty fast. That's only like two sections in a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Depending on which one you're listening to. <laughs> the introductory section <laughs> being one of them. Yeah, one of the online ones, some, the guy who was hosting the game, his power went out, which crashed the entire game, and they had to reset the entire game card by card. That was a major roadblock. Yeah, that sucks. Also, I, I'd like to note that I could have threatened everybody out and lost in that game at Siege of Anuminas, which I did for a joke, but I didn't really do it. Like Doom cards in hand. I, I had all the Doom, and I could have played all of them before the final team killed the boss to threat us out because somebody had the one ring at our table. You should give Saruman a plug there. He was quite good in that quest. He was. He's quite good in multiplayer. Period. Yeah, I think it proved how good he is in multiplayer, along with that other video where he cancelled six attacks or whatever it was, four <laughs> attacks from yeah. seven enemies. Yeah, I think there we didn't really need his wizard's voice that much. There was one round where I stopped a load of attacks. Maybe when all those enemies came out that turn. Yeah, didn't we get eight enemies at once or something? That, that was, was the only this challenge that happened. No, oh, there was there was one as well Maybe. in Siege of Anuminous where we were cruising, and then when we went to the battle ram or whatever it is, we had oh, to right. reveal four cards plus the four cards, and mm-hmm. it got a little bit messy. We were still fine, but, but we, didn't, <laughs> um, we didn't need his wizard's voice so much, but he did the ramp that game. That was what he did best. The previous one, the double wizard's voice, was yeah, where was uh, that turned the game on its head. So that's well, everything this... you should want to know about Epic Multiplayer, I guess. <laughs> that was epic. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll try to do a brief second segment. Good luck. Uh-huh. 
All right, we're back for part two. I've tried to settle my heart rate down after all the rage against the necromancer. <laughs> Got a fresh glass of wine. <laughs> You're right there, Liam. <laughs> yeah, I don't bad. <laughs> uh, so last episode, we talked about the entire Arid Mithrin cycle, the quests, and we pretended we were going to get to the player cards too, but that was totally unrealistic with the ponderous way we get through things. So we wanted to quickly touch on the cycle from a player card point of view. It nearly happened again this uh, this podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two brief topics. Brief topics. <laughs> on the clock, I've looked at my watch and I'm timing you. Off you go. You've got five minutes. Joe, you were the you were the one that was um that was saying you'd like to finish um that you had sleepy time as well that you needed to. Do. <laughs> was that yesterday? <laughs> I had to sleep yesterday. Yeah, uh, I've been up late playing Dogledore every night, forehanded. <laughs> so just uh, briefly, that's an imaginary word in this podcast. Go through uh, the heroes, <laughs> allies, attachments, events. And then look at the new decks that Arid Mithrin cycle made possible. That's the plan. And if one I keep one. droning, cut me off, please. Okay. So, Arid Mithrin cycle, we've got uh, eight new heroes, a lot of new everything else. The main new idea for the quest was the guarded attachments, which we'll touch on a bit. But let me just read off the uh, heroes, as in I thought each of us could pick one to talk about for some reason or other, because it was great, or because it was sucked, or because it was interesting. So the heroes we got were Bard, son of Brand, Brand, son of Bane, which I still get them confused. One's leadership, one's spirit. Grimbiorn, the old, Haldan, Thranduil, spirit version of Dane Ironfoot, tactics version of Bilbo Baggins, and Radagast. I wanted to talk about Grimbjorn. He's probably um, what I consider the biggest uh, effect on the card pool. I think he's quite a strong hero. Um, I've noticed that it's generally hard to take an attacking hero in decks just because you have to have willpower and you have to have defense to survive the first couple turns. So a lot of tactics heroes, a lot of attacking heroes don't get used very much. Grumbiorn is a perfect combination of defense and attack. Real huge action advantage. So he's a lot easier to take as a hero. Um, we saw him do good work in Dolguldor. He actually did really good work in Anumanas uh, too. There's effects that make enemy in the staging area attack you and if you can kill him in the staging area that saves you a lot of pain later you have to defend or attack him later so i think he's a awesome hero i find that he kind of dominates a deck you have to put tons of junk in there for him tons mm. of cards for him so i have a hard time doing very many other things maybe i just try to overcommit. <laughs> But it's hard but not to. All my Grimbjorn decks turn into Grimbjorn decks and nothing else. He is that type of hero, though, isn't he? He's not a support hero. He's the hero that gets supported. Because he, you want to buy into his ability. You want to um, make him as powerful as possible because his ability is so cool and yeah. so strong. Um, 
I I tried to do one where I used guarded attachments. Orcrist being the main one. Um, mm-hmm. It's a nice combo with him. Mm, I did like it. I don't think the people I played would have liked it as much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a solid hero. Nice to see some um, Bjornings as well. Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly, he doesn't really sort of like help the Bjorning like trait very much, does he? He doesn't have any spending resources. Doesn't help you get those beekeepers into play, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. In fact, do do any of your Grim Bjorn decks become Bjorning decks, or do you just have like a smattering of Bjornings, or do you not have any Bjornings at all? Um. The Grimbjorn decks I have built myself have not included Bjornian allies. You're such a power gamer. <laughs> it's because I'm playing too much Dol Guldor. <laughs> That's really affected you, that has. <laughs> it's going to take me months to recover. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to be brief. That's all I'm going to say about Grimbjorn. Your turn. Cool. Well, I'll be brief. And Radagast is the one that I want to speak about. Um, it's a it's a, a a hero that I'm really happy to see. Um, fun character, another Astari, um, which is all great, great, great. Love it. Um, and he's probably like the opposite of Grimbion. He's a very good support hero, um, and he helps his decks with creatures um, really sing. Um, Ryan made a really fantastic uh, Eagles deck with Radagast um, at the center of it, and uh, he really makes that deck work really well. Solid at questing. If you need to, he's got two attack, which can sometimes be helpful. Um, he can take a few hits early on. Um, and in fact, if you get something like Burning Brand on him, he can consistently be a decent defender for you. Um, and he's got lots of toys. And I really like the Astaris um, because they come with lots of lo- lots of fun toys, with staff and things like that. Good hero. I really like Radagast. And he also brought Ego Dex back to a very powerful top tier, top tier position. Yeah, um, almost, almost. Well, they used to be well, back in the day. They used to be very good, but that was due to lack of other stuff more than anything <laughs> else. Um, but now they are legitimately a, a very good deck, very very fun deck as well. Like loads of eagles, loads of creatures, dogs like flying around. You're bouncing that play, you're making massive eagles. I just find it a really fun. I just really, I just have a lot of fun whenever I play with them, and um, I appreciate Radagast's spot in that deck. They recently spoiled three more eagle allies, I think. What? Which is going to make it even better. It's going to be cool. Three eagle allies. Or maybe two, one hero and two allies, maybe. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's the pack that's supposed to come out soon. Oh, wow. Let's get Willydor as an ally. Yeah. Isn't that the other way around? Because isn't Willydor... Which is the one that returns a dead hero? That's um, Landrival, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But we get Glyer as a hero, potentially. Okay. Cool. So hero stick out to you, Ray? I'm going to talk about Bilbo Baggins. Ooh. I thought you <laughs> might go for Dane. Me too. It's too <laughs> obvious to do that, because you already know I like Dane Ironfoot, and I've played him to death. The whole world knows I've played him to death. 
Well, I think all 500 people that watch your channel. <laughs> that is the world right now to me. <laughs> Don't make fun of it. <laughs> I think Bilbo, uh, I don't really know what to say about him. I just want to throw his name out there and get a sense of what you think now that we're, what, a year and a half on from when he first came out. Because uh, I have used him a little bit. Um, not to great effect, to be honest. There's a couple of quests where I've used him as kind of a silver bullet. Um, there's actually one of the thematic saga quests where I started using him to get Sting out quickly because there's some chud orcs that he can get it off of fast, which is quite good. Mm. But general purpose-wise, not had a lot of success with Bilbo. And I feel like the legacy of the nine starting threat is what kills him a bit. Mm. For a tactics hero at nine who potentially quests for zero and can't do anything else. Compare him to Corset Legolas for nine. It, exactly. And all these new um, pseudo-heroes who just got with Messenger of the King. Mm -hmm. So... I think all the others have found their feet in some ways, whereas this one, um, yeah, yeah. I think it was a good design, though, with the card, what, what Caleb did or whoever did it. It's a it good with the fix whole... for his nine threat level. Yeah. yeah, it's a clever fix, and it's a cool one. And it's nice that he um, ties in with a guarded theme. But out of all of them, he's probably the one that's um, had the least success. Would you say that? Very clever, but still not very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. I was trying to be diplomatic. I didn't want to be too negative. <laughs> yeah. He's he's been transformed into a purely um like efficiency focused power gamer, and that's why he forgot the existence of the Woodman deck <laughs> for the list of new decks which I had to add to the list of new decks from this cycle. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> I don't know, because you played them to death. Uh, well, it doesn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ma you made it look long. He <laughs> <laughs> dragged it out. A good year. <laughs> yeah, so he's probably the most unique one here. They're all good. All the heroes in this cycle has big names, big abilities. Yeah, all the heroes. Well, I mean, like I was just looking at that. If you had to try and rank these heroes in order of like, yeah, how would you do that? Uh, it's really do you think hard. You could do that now. But Gumbler uh, Dean, Thranduil. Whoa, here comes the oh, live whoa. power gamer. Like, <laughs> how just, done, how done, how done. <laughs> Radagast, and then the leadership brand, Bard, I forget which one, I think it's brand, and then Haldan, and then the spirit Day, uh, Dale guy, and then Bilbo last. That's yeah, my maybe fair. <laughs> maybe fair. Hot take, that was hot a, take. You've gone from being inaudible on a YouTube video to being like, you're going to be putting the audacity level up to the max because you're blowing my, you are, yeah. you're blowing, well, you're the one editing this, so it's okay by me, but just so you know, it's he's going to pumped. be maxing out. He's pumped, he's pumped from Dogo Doy. He's got like, um, that one's <laughs> you've heard of Roid Rage. Well, this is Dogo Doy Rage. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is more like but hemorrhoid look. rage or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pretty much. <laughs> you should have um, heard all the jokes I was telling myself earlier that I kept to myself when we were talking about things. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll tell them offline if I remember them. Please do. <laughs> well, there's your rank of the heroes. So should we move on mm. to allies then? All right, let me quickly just read them all. So just to jog Whoa. your memory, there's a bunch <laughs> of them. <You> ready? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll just do 20 seconds. <laughs> including, including the actual like text on the cards as well, yeah? When, <laughs> when, you, when you read them all, though, can you go from loud to quiet by the end? Yeah. Let's see if I can go one breath. Ready? From oh, best, best, uh, best to worst, though. Well, I can't cover your ears. <laughs> Northrum, look at Redwater, Century Warrior of Day, a long leg trader, bay oiling, skin changer, mental door, long leg fisherman, guardian, rescuath, wild stallion, eagle of the north, galleon, giant bear, forest road traveler, wiglath, thalion, soldier of airborne, mercwood hunter, descendant, gear again, good image defender, gaffer, gamgee, airborne, tour maker, messenger of raven, lawyer, high on buyer, buy water sheriff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that. That's you for that. <laughs> so in the next one, I want you to wrap them, okay? Now that you've proved <laughs> that one. I can barely make my tongue say them with this. <laughs> glass and a half of wine I have in me. So. <laughs> okay, how do we tackle these? Do you want to just collectively evaluate the Dale ones and say they're all good and move on? <laughs> sure. Well, okay, I got I got two allies that I thought were kind of bad. Okay, until I played cool. Them. Wild Stallion and Messenger Raven. You got I something against animals. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, they weren't. They were. They didn't jump out to me when we were doing the card reviews on them. But after playing them, they are very, very good. What changed your mind? Playing them. <laughs> Apart from that, <laughs> I mean, at, at the most basic level, that involves playing, like putting them on the table and paying resources. So something must have happened after yeah. that. So I think with Wild Stallion, um, I think with Wild Stallion, it Sorry. was more. <laughs> it was more the. Um, like I didn't really see why like adding okay, I think because when I looked at that card initially, it was in the vacuum of it being it by itself. It wasn't in it didn't include Dale and what Dale can do with Wild Stallion. Mm-hmm. Um Guardian particular, of Particularly the Guardian of Escraft. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's a solid it's a solid ally away from that as well and it's uh it's got a few multi-uses you know um and it's nice that you can chuck it um you can sort of like either play it as an attachment or an ally as well it's, I, quite, I quite like that um but yeah with guardian of Escraft, it's just absolutely bonkers um, it turns it's, him single-handedly into a four three 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 right yeah, exactly four four two resources left if you're playing <laughs> Dale. Like, um, very, very good card. And I think, yeah, like when I read that card, it was a bit like, mm, whatever. And then I played it in the Dale deck and I was like, huh, okay, this is actually incredibly, incredibly powerful. And with Messenger Raven, I think it was just, um, I played it a couple of times and I didn't think much of it. And I was thinking about taking it out of the deck. Um, but then I realized I hadn't really got one very early and I was always getting them late. Um, and actually, it's just really solid card draw, um, especially if you're playing with like Astartes and star- Astartes. Um, it's Radicast Elven Light. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's just a little body if you if you really need that. Um, but um, but yeah, it's a really good card if you remember to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I like it. Um, it grew on me a lot as I as I played those decks. So those are the, my two allies that I pick. Unless you guys have anything to add on those two. Animals. There were some other animals, weren't there? There's a, well, a giant Mel- bear who you were very excited about. I was, I was, and I've yet to really sort of um, have a good crack on the um, skin changer decks. Um, I've tried them in a few, just as like cards in a few other decks, and they seemed okay. But I really want to see like a dedicated one. And the other animal as well that um, actually went down in my opinion of strength was um, Melendor because uh, 
I didn't realize she was unique for the first couple of times that I played her. So she was a lot stronger <laughs> when she wasn't unique. In my <laughs> uh, yeah. well, this one is that good card? I, I like. I think it's a him actually. Metal door. Is it a him? I thought it was a her. Google. I don't know why. I just assumed. I re- I realized I have no basis in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> He was among the squadrons of eagles. Okay. Wow, I, ap- I apologize. I've assumed his gender. <laughs> the first element of his name, Menel, is both a Sindarin and Kenya word meaning the heavens. Oh, nice. Um, but you picked him as a card that you wanted to talk about. What are your views on him? Uh, I've played him a lot in Hiragon decks, like everyone else. Uh, and just that bit of location control in a tactics deck is very nice and two pel- two willpower ego and he just getting get rid getting rid of him for that extra two progress with the eagles of the misty mountains everything just works it's really good some sweet synergy yeah i don't like paying three for him but if you can pay two for him but Even if you pay three one. for him and you get his two progress and his two willpower and two more progress it's still reasonable so just a nice ally the other one I wanted to talk about was the Eagle of the North, which is linked to that event. What's the event called? Flight of the Eagles. Um, encounter player cards can be frustrating if you keep seeing them as shadow cards and they never work. But you get those one or two moments when they're awesome and it's just fun. A Con of the Rings. John from Cardboard of the Rings had a moment where two of them came out in a row to discard two massive ships and that'll probably be the definitive moment for this card for me mm-hmm. it was awesome well, by the time it went in liam's lanyard <laughs> yeah. oh yeah what happened there that was witchcraft <laughs> the magic of the, of the north <laughs> that was so bizarre <laughs> it was very strange it disappeared yeah turned off in the lanyard <laughs> uh one that I thought wasn't very good, that I like a little more than I thought, is the Soldier of Erebor. He's super expensive, but he's... If you can... I've cheated him in a lot in using various leadership methods, uh, and I like him better than I thought. Ryan, I want you to pick an ally that people think is good that you're going to trash now and say he's not good. Um... That's a lot of pressure for. <laughs> Wait, so I have, I have to pick one that people people think is good, but it's not good, or that you just think is not as good as people uh, make out. So for my my pick for that one, would maybe be Galleon. If you don't get her early, him. or him early, him. That's another another him. <laughs> if you don't get him early, he's not going to um, do much. I think the main contro- uh, I think the main controversy with uh, controversy is um, English. Controversy, mm-hmm. controversy. That's actually a little segue aside. Blah, 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 blah. Can't talk because you messing me up. <laughs> There's a Prince album called Controversy, and he sings Controversy like that, which confused me a lot. <laughs> anyway, back to the topic of this podcast. The main controversy with Galleon is, as Buzz once said, how many copies do you include? Do you plump for the one? Is it a one-of? Is it a two-of? Or is it the full three? I think it's still undecided. Could be a none-of as well, if you don't own the AP. Um, <laughs> one-of if you're running Messenger of the King. Pardon? 
I left him out of my most recent Sylvan deck, which I think is a very good deck. I forgot uh, he existed. Oh. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like you don't need him. Although you did have Piano Hand the last time I saw you play it, so <laughs> having him as a zero-cost ally would um, be uh, <laughs> good. It would be good. True. I actually wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to draw attention to the... the um, well, I think there's one that was... It looked bad, but I've seen it do good work since. And then there's some that I think are still a little bit crap. Woodloff? Um, yes. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's going to be eternally um, not as good as he looks on paper. And he's also terrible with Messenger of the King. <laughs> because if you, if you use him for that, you don't get the effect to you of um, getting a free armor because you didn't play him from your hand. Right. Uh, but the one, there's somebody hovering their cursor over it. It's you, Joseph. It's that Greenwood Defender. I've seen him defend a whole table um, in that yeah. Sylvan deck. And I was running the Mustard deck, so I needed him badly to defend for me and quest for me and attack for me. And probably yeah, draw I, cards for me, too. I was going to talk about him as well if nobody else did, but well, better than I thought. He, <laughs> yeah, he looked a bit sort of, meh, do you need it? Why do I run this when um, Thranduil's come out? just come out but the reason is because you might not be playing thranduil as your deck wasn't and um somehow we were giving him sentinel i don't remember how though oh was it with arwen yeah but how were we doing that were you playing him first and then i would exhaust her yeah that's right yeah because you're not putting him in with thranduil of course but the other thing that makes him good is host of lorian yeah or what is it called galadrim host of the galadrim yeah yeah i got Goldor on the brain, host of Lorian. <laughs> <laughs> host of Gladrim, you can just. He gets some damage on that first turn. He defends like five things. He gets some damage. He's almost dead. You play host of Gladrim and he heals himself and he does it all again. Yeah, it's good. I've seen it happen. And he comes in at three defense as well, normally. Mm hmm. Yep. And he's four if you get uh, Arwen on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we did. Um, the other one I think that's still a bit meh, probably, and you'll agree with me, I'm sure, Joseph, is the Bywater Sheriff. Would you say meh or no? I would. I have used him, but I feel like that whole Hobbit Swarm archetype just hasn't taken off. Maybe we haven't explored it fully, but I haven't seen anybody make it really work. Yeah, um, I just want to poke the bear because there is a card that you can make work here, and that's the Long Lake Fisherman, um, who people say is bad but is actually good. I like the Long Lake Fisherman. I think only I say it's bad. <laughs> well, you count as people. <laughs> How many people am I? Um, well, currently two. There's normal one, and there's <laughs> hemorrhoid rage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at least two. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah i guess one thing to touch on before we move on unless anybody else wants to talk about um a specific ally it's just the woodmen this is the first time we got some uh decent woodmen allies <laughs> yeah touch on the wood if you want but i know you're a fan of them joseph and um getting those murkwood hunters in for one resource is nice uh mm -hmm. having some fun with the little um Forest man whose name I can't remember. Forest <laughs> guy, traveler. That, that guy, yeah. I've seen you defend with him for five. I think. <laughs> yeah. So that can be fun. Is there only two the of them? The deck is really swingy. It's so weird. Yeah, it is swingy. Is there only two of them? Is that right? There's the, the Emin Arnon 
or not oh, what's it called the, oh this the erin galen settler, settler. Yeah. yeah he doesn't profit from location attachments though does he no but he's quite good actually we used him in yeah yeah dog will do yeah i saw it happen okay favorite favorite dale ally just you just gotta say it not justify it mine's long lake trader not the defender it. yeah uh red Wolf's entry is mine cool or guardian of Escarath, i don't know well you can't say that right. one though because yeah. <laughs> so which do you use any of these in any decks besides dale decks that's the i thought we would i haven't used many no I've used the North Realm Lookout in a Scout deck, only because Scout decks are so bad you need it. But <laughs> <laughs> I like the North Realm Lookout with the Mariner's Compass. I've used that to decent effect. But mm. overall, Dale seems to be really insular and just does its Dale thing. And they don't really make their way into other decks. So Matic. It's good though because you can take that deck to a table and not exactly. worry too much about overlaps and things. Mm, that's true. It like doesn't. It, stuff. it doesn't need it. Nobody ever plays those two heroes either. Um, right. Almost never, anyway. Except for the one deck. And no one ever really plays them by themselves either. Do you know yeah. what I mean? the heroes like they're only ever paired together. Yeah. I have played the spirit one. <laughs> I think that's Bards on a brand. Yes, I played him as well a little bit outside of a pure Dale deck, like the Elrond's Armory deck, for example. I've used it in a Holdan deck to get access to more attachments, but it wasn't that great. But his ability is interesting, and it opens up some weird ideas where the other guy, the leadership guy, is pretty much Dale only. Yeah. Loyal Hound is the only other ally that I want to mention. Honorable mention is card that i thought was a lot better than it is you get uh he gets cut a lot yeah you just i just never seem to actually trigger his ability mm. when two attacks all right yeah i normally quest with him i normally quest for one erebor toy erebor toy maker i think deserves a shout out i think he's really good yeah, he is good. And he's great, great art as well. That beard deserves a shout out by itself. And he's painting a miniature. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, attachments. All right, you have to read them all, Liam. <laughs> no. Joseph, read them in a Scottish accent. You can you do that. a Scottish accent? You can do a Scottish no, accent. No, I <laughs> I think this is the ultimate test of whether or not you can do a Scottish accent. Can you do it, Liam? God, no. <laughs> like my granddad's Scottish. <laughs> I have Scottish seven generations back. Ooh. What about French? That's even harder. The Auberg of Mail? <laughs> if you say the word... Diluted, you become Welsh. That sounds Welsh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, apparently, the next one is the Boy of You. I don't remember that card. Okay, you read it, Ryan. What, in a, one breath? Nah, whatever you want. I'll do it in one breath, and Liam's got to do it in one breath for events, okay? Yeah. New podcast thing. 
Holbrook of Melbourview, Mapper Rivanian, King of Dale, Woodman's Path, Woodman's Clearing, Squire's Helm, Ancestral Armor, The Elven King, Leather Boots, Grey Cloak, Outmatch, Warrior Sword, Valiant, Determination, Round Shield, Armor of Erebor, Radagast, Staff. Guarded, what about the guarded ones? <laughs> Necklace of Girium, Glamdring, The Arkenstone, Orcus, The Ring of Thor's Thing, Mithras Shirt. There's a bold word in between them, so I was like, is this a pause? <laughs> That wasn't it hard. Clubs than me. You were Liam, you got to do it in one breath with a French and Scottish accent. To make it <laughs> alternated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it, do it. Um, so there's a couple of bolded ones here. I think um, those are my favorites. Yeah, at least they were a month ago. There's two <laughs> two defendy ones. Mm-hmm. This uh, so Holbrook of male ancestral armor. There you two. Why? Because they change the game, I think. Uh, defense buffs have always been a bit rare, more rare than I would expect, especially like the core set. There's you know, defense is really difficult to come by. Hobbrook of Mail, one point for a defense and a hit point, and not restricted. It's just good. I would have thought the Ents could wear That's Nail fine. by the end of this game. <laughs> Dern Dingle. Yeah, Dern Dingle. Yeah, that was the original doorbell. Dern Dingle. <laughs> the ancestral armor. I for a while I was playing a lot of uh, leadership Rohan defender. Yeah, I was going to say these two cards essentially brought him back. Urkenbrand. Yeah, they did. Urkenbrand. They're both awesome for Urkenbrand. Yeah, I was playing a couple decks that just made Urkenbrand a monster and. Really good. Ancestral armor is so expensive, but it's so much value in one card, and you can put it on so many different people. Playable Skype. That's right. Did we do that once? We did that. Yeah, that's years. what I said. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Turns him into a three-three. Arwen and Domiel. Turns her into a four-four if she wants, or four-five, four-four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she can be a 5-4 with this. Uh, no, 4-4. Four, four. She's a 4-5, four, yeah. 4-4, four, four, I think. She only has two hit points. No, she's got three. Oh, you're talking about the ally. I'm talking about the hero. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many characters can be turned into a good defender with it to have the money to play it. I like defense. Defense is good, especially when you have dragons in the cycle. Mm. Lots so the one I highlighted was Woodman's Clearing, which is just nice to have some. Uh, it's a good solo card. Threat reduction and lore is needed. Great Cloak, I would say, is the worst of the selection. What about Leather Boots? So good they spawned a catchphrase. Leather <laughs> Boots! They're better than I... Well, they're better than you thought. I think I was right on the money. <laughs> I think they're I think not. They're, not. <laughs> they're win more. They totally win more. There are some good uses, but they're not getting you out of the hole. They're just keeping your feet warm. Uh, I think they're really good for utility characters like Barovor and Warden of Healing and Yeah, I agree with that. It's fun as well to ready them and use them again. Even people like you were, I think you played him on uh, Lord Faramir. Aragorn. Or Farmer. But Lord Aragorn, he's good at everything. He can quest, and then if you're ready, he's up. Great. You can use him for something else, too. 
Mm. It's just annoying when they only trigger once through the whole game. You feel very cheated if you don't get a ready off in a four-player game. Yes, you do. It goes bad. Round shield, trap, crap, or good? <laughs> New rating scale from Snog Mirror Avoid. Trap, crap, or good? We should do a, qu- a whole episode of that. <laughs> what about trap, crap, or clap? Yo, that's, that's, that's the winner. That's, that's right on the money. We can have sound effects for each. <laughs> <laughs> you edit that then. Um, I would say, oh, it's hard. It's, it, I would say trap. That's where I'm leaning. Because I would have said crap, but I think it's trap. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's, it looks better than it is when you think about it. Do you think it's worth including the 300s, Dick? Uh, probably, yeah, because you really want to get that contract online. But don't expect to trigger it very much, depending on the quest. What it do also you say? Does... I, don't... I don't know. Sounds like oh. a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it used if, uh, well, but only because the person who plays it has to point it out when it happens, because it happens so infrequently. <laughs> <laughs> it does get big bonus points for the name though if only it was like big round shield <laughs> medium round shield yeah. well it's okay to have a zero, zero cost is nice if you're doing a mono tactics defendy deck your allies cost enough that it's nice to have some cheap cards that do something um, and then you can use um, the tactics event that cancels shadow card where you have to exhaust the armor. Steel. I've used that before, but I mean, you have to exhaust it to get the plus two anyway, right? So. Yeah, I think my problem with it is that not all shadow effects buff damage. Right. And also, you're kind of like, I don't know, you kind of like hope for something bad i guess it, i guess it's more of an insurance policy than hoping for something bad but um yeah. also if it's on a big defender you kind of hope the defender could deal with it anyway you know what i mean seems like kind of a low-grade insurance policy with a high deductible for allies oh nice <laughs> yeah, that was very deep <laughs> for a glass and a half of wine and roid rage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> roid rage was a new thing um <laughs> I, I will say I had a copy of this in my um, deck for Dolgaldur and took it out because it was going to go on Baragon, but because he gets golden sh- uh, Gondorian Shield, sorry, he doesn't need this thing, really. Uh, most defenders don't really need it, I feel. Maybe they're allies. Things like Defender of Ramas, if they get above that four threshold, that can help. Mm. Yeah, he gets nuked by the plus one attack. So often. Mm. Well, Liam, I can see you've italicized some guarded cards, so clearly yeah. um, guarded anonymous wasn't working for you. I think so we need I to have a whole conversation, a whole well, segment on guarded. I was going to say, so why don't I just talk about my my two that I'm going to choose on the fly here. Um, I'm going to choose one that uh, looks like a clap, but is in fact a trap. And I'll choose one <laughs> that looks like a trap, but it's a clap. So guess which is which. So I think that the one that is... It looks like a trap, but it's a clap. Is outmatched. I mm. think it's um, 
I think it's a good card that is not played enough. The problem with it, I think, is that most of the time you want to kill the enemy, and you'd probably rather trap it than um, defend it over and over again. But this has done some good work for me in some games, like thematic Helm's Deep. It was really good to ready up Urkenbrand and Gimli and anybody, really, <laughs> early on. For decks that don't have any access to readying, like Mono Tactics, it's a good option there. Mm-hmm. Got one defender, but you might need two defenses from him. Use this and kill good the enemy. Good for a trap deck, too, just to keep guys engaged with you. Yeah. yeah. can draw from Damrod. So you think it's a trap, do you? Uh, well, what kind of trap are you talking about? Well, <laughs> literally and figuratively, <laughs> exactly. It can be good for Amarthiel just to keep yeah. multiple enemies around and just ready him up, but Amarthiel is also a little squishy, unless you have that uh, ancestral armor on him. Cheeky advert, nice and subliminal. Or the round shield. Ooh. Don't put that on him. <laughs> um, the other one that I think let me think now looks like a clap but it's actually a trap is Valiant Determination what? I think yeah that's because it's a good card but it's only good if you get value out of it so it's insanely good on Guardian Mesgroth so massive clap but then if you're putting it on anything that doesn't give you at least two stat points worth of value so questing and attacking for two each it's not worth it yeah. yeah, I suppose if you take Guardian out of the equation, that kind of uh, makes it a very different card that you're looking at. You know? I think it could have been one, it. and it would have been okay. One oh, I think it would have been OP. On maybe. Firial or Yazan or something. Well, what are you going to do with Firial? Defend for two and maybe die? Attack for mm. one? Yeah, what are you going to do, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get beaten up if I don't answer this question. It's the roid speaking. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do, mate, is I'm going to question before, right? Because I've actually got out the headdress. And then I'm going to defend with her for three. I'm going to ready her up with Naria, so she's going to be four. And then I'm going to attack with her for two. Didn't see that coming, did you? Ooh, that's Whoa. my deck too. That's right my, in the gut. That's my jam. Exactly. I've used your own thing against you. My Gandalf deck. Gandalf Harad deck. Pick your fights closely, my friend. Yuzan, similarly. Questing for three, attacking for four, if you want to play that deck. Yeah. So paying one for that would be OP, but two for it is, is about right because it's like, oh, it's a bit expensive. I'm not sure if it's worth it. I think it might get overlooked though. Like, um, just thinking back to the attack on Dolgadur, you don't really want to spam the table with allies, so I wonder if there are some unique Noldor or something that this could be good with. Uh, you would know better than me. Well, you could pay two for this, or you could pay two for Naria. Mm. Or both. But I was robbed of Light of Valinor in that game, so I never got Naria working. So Still quested for like 28, whatever it was. I did provide the willpower. Yeah. <laughs> did. I agree. Gray cloak is the worst. So I have not used that successfully yet. I have not used that. I forgot about that. <laughs> so guarded. So what do you think of guarded as a entire concept in the game at this point? We're a year and a half in. We've got maybe eight guarded cards. We have a couple more coming. I so never play them. Trap. Then are you saying then, Ryan? <laughs> um, I think some 
some of them can be clapped though. Mithril Shirt is pretty legit. Yeah, I'm not saying they're bad. I just don't ever play them. Orcrist is very good. Necklace of Girion is, uh, I think, I think is good, but it's a little bit underrated. I think. Um, but as a whole concept, I got such mixed feelings about them because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, experiences. yeah three, there's been about li- five episodes lost <laughs> Merkwood trauma yeah through lived experiences i feel that they are a trap <laughs> from reading the card i want to say the claps <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough they're so fun though like the idea of it is really fun and um and they're very powerful they just can completely lose you the game. Powerful <laughs> <laughs> in the hands of Sauron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my top picks for Guarded are Necklace of Geryon and the Arkenstone, actually. Ooh. I have a Fellowship deck I really like playing, and I think the Arkenstone really fits well with that. You get that two willpower buff on everybody, and you can just quest for a turn. Orcrist is amazing on Grimbion, the hero. But I don't play on anything else. No, it's true. Orcrist and even Glamdring, I just, I don't know. Have you tried Mithril Shirt? Who did you put that on? Because uh, on the face of it, that's a very good card. I like the location deal. Mm. I like the ones that are just one type of thing, because then you have a little more control. You know what you're getting into. Yeah. But I would probably put Ring of Thror above that. I've played some dwarf decks that Ring of Thor is really fun with, but it's much more limited. But those are the ones I've had the most fun with. Necklace of Gear and Arcasome and Ring of Thor are all neutral too. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. I think that they, they've got a place in the game. They're all very strong and the downside to them has to be severe it's just it's, it, it does feel like you are like rolling a dice and there's a really good chance that you're just going to lose the game off of it <laughs> the quests are just so diverse it's hard to put that in a deck and expect mm. to be able to play it in more in, in a lot of quests mm. that's my feeling on guarded in general mm. anything else to add on guarded nope Events. <laughs> Not Scottish French. Week. Scottish French. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll try in one breath. breath. <laughs> Traffic from Dale, Bartering, Two Arms, Valor of the North, Hidden Way, Flight of the Eagles, Bjorn's Rage, South Away, Quicker Than Sight, Man of the Walls, Familiar Lands, Swift and Strong, Elf Guide, Drinking Song, The Shire Folk, The King's Return, The Great Hunt, Guire's Debt, Reforged. There was a, I heard a catch breath in there. Yeah, there was, there was. There was. That's harder than it looks, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe my lungs aren't as strong as your guys. There <laughs> didn't go fast enough. <laughs> That's true. Speed up next time. Um, some good events in here. Mm-hmm. Familiar lands, top notch. Probably my lowest one. <laughs> <laughs> Who's played it? Anyone? Not. Maybe it's amazing and you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, you've got to play it to find that out, I suppose. Tell or you could you just feel. pan it on a podcast and move on with your life. <laughs> <laughs> Someone spent weeks thinking this card up, <laughs> testing it, getting the yeah, artwork. They got paid for it, so they're the winner. 
<laughs> so one of my top choices would be drinking song. I love this card. Just being able to mullick in your whole hand just increases consistency so much or helps you find what you need. Mm. I think I usually want to play a Hobbit with it, but that's not too hard. And some of the, who wrote derp there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen it played a lot with uh, event focused Hobbit decks where you want to get these either um, control cards or victory display cards out fairly quickly. It's pretty legit even without Hobbits, isn't it? It is. What's play the, what you um, want, and then you cycle your whole hand and get new stuff, and you can play more stuff. And what I really like about it as well is that um, I can put it into some pre-made decks and not have to constantly take out... What's that law one where it's like draw two, discard? Deron's runes. <laughs> Deron's runes, yeah. Which constantly makes the rounds in any deck that's got lore. Now I can like at least have, well, now I don't have to take decks apart as much. <laughs> <laughs> so if this and Deron's runes got in a fight, who would win? Who would your money be on? Depends on if they were in Hobbiton or Bree or Gondor or uh, Kazadu. <laughs> <laughs> I like this better than Daron's Ruins just because my contrarian streak says Daron's Ruins isn't as good as Sea Stance does, but that's just my hemorrhoid speaking, I guess. <laughs> I don't like discarding cards for Daron's Ruins. This one just gives me a whole new set of options. Yeah, kind of um, if if you're discarding with Daron's Ruins, maybe... Uh... You put some bad cards in your deck. Only a hemorrhoid would say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Great Hunt. This is my uh, personal, one of my favorites. Um, Only because I've discarded ships with it, which is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool card, though. I like it. How about one from you, Ray? Well, you've bolded the hidden way which uh, has been a fun card for lots of reasons. One is because it's powerful, helps out those monolore control decks. The other one is because um, it can whiff up to three times a game if uh, you're lucky. <laughs> what As, was that? Uh, that was when we appeared on the Cardboard of the Rings uh, <laughs> stitch-up, <laughs> as it is famously remembered. <laughs> it wasn't the stitch-up, but their, their uh, what was it, like custom encounter deck. Um, right. It skinned us, stripped our bones, and boiled us clean. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it to you, dear listeners. That was a rough game. My hemorrhoid is still sore from that game. Let me pick a bad one, though, because this is the theme of my life. So I will pick... Um, is there a bad one? Yeah, why is someone highlighting South Away? You don't like it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a bad one. Bad one. I, I'm going to pick one that I think is going to get better, which was bad when it came out, but give it a month or two and it'll be good. And that is Guayhir's Debt, because we've got a unique Eagle Hero coming out, which way back when um, <laughs> it was speculated that there might be a unique hero coming out. I'm laughing because you're derping on the debt. <laughs> it could be Guire's derp if it whiffs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you build your deck right, it won't be whiffing as of the fifth pack of this cycle because that's when Guire comes out, I think. 
Mm-hmm. So that would be good then. Right now it's bad. Didn't I predict predicted that this uh, event indicated we get a eagle hero? Um, no, no. How didn't. smug should we let him be? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> no recollection of that. I think the the one um, that uh, two more. I just want to mention briefly. So, man, the walls looked really amazing. Um, I still haven't seen it do very much, really. I saw it played in our game of Siege of Anuminas, but it was played in like the wrong order, so he had to take it back. So it never <laughs> actually reduced anything the whole game. So that I haven't quite seen work yet, even though I do think it's still strong. And the other one that is blatantly strong is Reforged. Mm-hmm. Probably too strong, really. Uh, there was speculation about a nerf to stop it from reforging Shield of Gondor. Maybe in five um, years we'll get a new errata. Yeah, the mythical FAQ. I wonder if Caleb just decided he couldn't be bothered to do that. So, yeah, that, whatever, it'll never come. Is which FAQ? Well, the one that doesn't exist. Like the, there's cards out that have got errata on them, but we don't have an FAQ to tell. Is that including um, the to tell everyone else who's got the cards? Yeah, is that yeah. is that the one that's including um um uh, uh, Rat Map? Yeah, Thoros Map, Bernie Brand. Um, oh, another one really? somewhere. Oh, uh, Legacy of Durin. And uh, Dwarf thing. Bathmaster. Oh, yeah, him. All those Dwarred Elf cards getting nerfed for the 10th yeah. time. Yeah, Still I messaged Caleb about it and says, why don't we have a really a real FAQ? And he says, I'm too Stop busy. messaging me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed my number three times now. <laughs> you, must, you must respect the court order, Joseph. <laughs> uh, it makes me sad. Why can't they just have an intern do this? It's not complicated. It's just four cards yeah. put on a document. Oh, boy, that was a terrible time to be drinking tea. When you made that joke, because I inhaled it. <laughs> Pretty strong stuff, that chamomile, right? Well, I was going to say, did you message him, or was it the hemorrhoid messaging him? It was the hemorrhoid. <laughs> oh, speaking of, speaking the, of drinking, it's past midday. Hey, <laughs> The hemorrhoid right on Facebook is like... <laughs> That's the message Caleb received. <laughs> I wish they would just do it. It doesn't take, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> it could be. Depend- well, sorry. Anyway, um, you want the intern to do the FAQ, though. Is that wise, considering what they do with the quest cards? When they, like, copy and paste things from old quests into new quests. That was Those were the re- announcement articles, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, the, the yeah. <laughs> that intern better than nothing <laughs> it, how how long has it been since we got those over a year what the interns no, i must have missed that the oh. stealth errata oh it was a good while ago yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway we're getting, we're getting just derailed here i play i play it in my noldor deck now and i love it i think it's a trap you're a trap <laughs> <laughs> how's that booze it's nice, actually. It's very, very nice. Obviously, it's kicked in if I think Reforge is a trap. <laughs> Quicker than sight is an event that I have uh, gained respect for. How so? Because I can always play it out of my piano hand in my <laughs> silver. In your what? Oh, okay. 
Wait, who's got a weapon in that deck? Crooked in the sight, don't need a weapon. Oh, I'm thinking of the other one, Swift and Strong. Yeah, oh, well, I said this card was good when it came out, so it is back in the way. Two arms is probably my disappointment. I want three arms. <laughs> or 12 if you're testing for epic multiplayer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> At least four. Four would be nice. How about Elf Guide? I don't play that one. No. No, me neither. It's all right, though, in um, a fellowship. Two, mm-hmm. two decks, I mean. Oh, we should do that. You built those two decks, Sylvan, and they were quite fun, but we never recorded a video. Yeah, we'll come back to that one day. Add it to the to-do list, along with getting me a new throat, because that, that chamomile seems to have got some acid in it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, do you want to talk about decks now? Decks that are possible? New decks? So what Looks decks like, did um, the cycle open up? There's that little, um, there's that little one called Dale. That's all right. Not very good. <laughs> nah, mediocre at best. It's a shame, really. You know, one of the last l- latter cycles, and they wasted so many cards in such a weak deck. But <laughs> so when we reviewed Dale probably a year ago, I said it was one of the top, maybe the top deck in the game. I think I'll back away a little bit from that because of its slow, potentially slow opening, but I still think it's up there with the best ones, but maybe closer to three than number one. What do you have at number one? Well, if you just want pure stats on the table, you're probably looking at Turbo, Outlands, or Gondor with Aristor. But then if you want most well-rounded, my biased heart goes to Noldor, because I can just weather anything solo with that. But I don't know. I play mm-hmm. Noldor a lot. Um, Dale is very, very good. Top-tier deck, for sure. Absolutely very very powerful i think it's slightly weaker without berivore um yeah but it's still very very good without uh, um other people playing berivore or something i like it i think it's more powerful with berivore but i i think i prefer i i personally prefer to play it with um uh spirit berigon what if you use messenger of the king with half the card draw but way lower threat yeah that's true but half a card draw, though. That sucks. Yeah. Do you remember uh, playing out uh, Dale against that quest that discarded all attachments? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl of the yeah. Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> discard two attachments. Uh, one attachment for every quest card in play. Yeah. Uh, was that, quest that, was... that you played. <laughs> yeah. That was that nightmare one, wasn't it, with all the wargs and stuff? Yeah. Oh. God, that's, that's some nasty memories. We had to put Dale away for that, so it's not totally top tier, right? Mm, well, it's top tier, but maybe not appropriate for every quest. Mm. But yeah, phenomenal deck. And I quite like it as well, because if you were a new player and you bought the starter set and you bought this cycle, you could have one of the most powerful decks in the game. Um, maybe not completely tuned, but... Um, but well, if you get on RingsDB and find a very... A, a starter for Dale by a re- very reputable player. Oh, did you put very one on Dale? Brian did. did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what are the, what are the decks? Bayorni got fleshed out a good bit, but I would still say it's not really a really cohesive 
deck type yet. I don't know if it's going to really get there. We only have one pack left, really, that we haven't had pretty comprehensively spoiled. I would like to see a full deck from the Bay Ornings, but it's... I mean, they're a minor faction in the big picture, so it's reasonable to not have an entire deck worth of them. Yeah, but then again, your top three decks consisted of Dale and Outlands, so... That's right. <laughs> um, I think well, Bjorn is playable, though, right? It's playable, though. You can have fun with Bjorn. Well, who are your heroes for a Bjorn deck? I've got one. Remember the, the one I played? Yeah, they aren't Bjorn's. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> Arwen and Aragorn. Right, exactly. Uh, I don't think you can run Grimbayorn and Bayorn. Well, you could, I suppose. It'd be very slow. You won't quest for anything, but you'll kill it. <laughs> you know, you'd hit like you a draw any cards. <laughs> yeah, you will. Or maybe, maybe you put in Legolas Ally <laughs> um, as a hero. I'd like to see a little bit more for them before the end of the age, but not sure it's going to happen. Uh, there's certainly not a Definitive Dale, uh, deck at this point. No, Eagle Dex got a huge boost with Redicast and a couple of allies and events, and they're going to get another shot of energy in this uh, next pack. We're looking forward to. Um, I wonder who their third hero is going to be. Why here, Radagast is about. 26th threat, I think. It's a lot. Gonna have to be Thalion, or Galleon, or whatever his name is. <laughs> 27, or the useless hero. Eorith. Or Pippin, for 4th threat. Uh, yeah, be good. Anybody cheap. Yeah. Who likes animals. <laughs> so me, basically. Um... Guarded deck doesn't seem Is like there a guard type. Deck? No, not unless you want to annoy everybody <laughs> at Con of the Rings. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> built one, it could be. but it was kind of a how long can I drag, drag this game out deck. <laughs> I have wondered if you could have the ultimate win more deck. Could that be the strongest deck where basically you take something like Aowen and Berragond and somebody else and... Um, you can get them off very easily, and the more you get off, the more powerful you get. That would be entertaining. Hold here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, those three heroes I ran yesterday. Cookie so you cutters, can, huh? yeah, kill the first enemy guaranteed, get your weapon mm-hmm. or something. Don't know. I don't think it's a real archetype, but what about the burglar's turn? I know the, it's not this cycle. The burglar's but... turn makes the guarded cards much better, but the burglar's turn is probably one of the weaker contracts, too. Oh, you can't win, can you? Mm-mm. I feel like Guarded <laughs> is almost there. I th- like Burgos Turn is weird because it works best in generic decks that are already good without attachments. So you can't really build around it. You build in spite of it. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit weird. Like things like Kaldara I've seen it used in. You don't need attachments, so you might as well play it. Same with Furgon deck. You don't have any attachments, so might as well play it. So you play it because you can rather than because you should. (laughs) But you get some benefit from that, don't you? You focus your deck a bit on allies, say, 
which you those two decks want to do. Copy of Red Arrow out, and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you might get some really good cards for free. Yep. I built the dwarf deck. Seems good to me. And it was pretty fun. I beat the entire sea going cycle with it. <laughs> Memory's getting foggy. It is. Dream Chaser. It's four thirty. Dream Chaser. Cycle. <laughs> Roy Chaser. <laughs> The last one you got there is Woodmen. I think out of all the people on this planet, you're the most qualified to comment on the Woodmen deck. <laughs> uh, Woodmen deck is weird. There's not enough to really fill it out. Woodman and Scout overlap a little bit, but not entirely. Haldan is kind of the key piece. You need a bunch of attachments. Woodman deck is... I guess dynamic is a word because it changes all the time. Some turns are huge. Some turns are really lousy. Um, that that um, swingy nature of the deck also extends to the play experience because I've seen you have, um, well, what can only be described like the fun of a five-year-old boy opening a puppy at Christmas. Opening versus a puppy. like, well, no, like <laughs> the box, you know, box with a puppy in it. Come on. That person person who opened the puppy is the person who went on and designed Dog or Dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that it's like the other extreme is somebody who's just chopped off the head of the puppy because nothing happened the whole game. (laughs) Didn't draw any cards. Um, What was that one we played? Was it uh, Etten Moors? We played Nightmare Etten Moors, which is a very, very bad choice because there's basically no locations and all the locations that are are immune to player card effects or something horrible. Yeah, that was terrible. But then sometimes I lost in my or whatever. <clears throat> oh, no, that's bad as well because there's those objective Aldan locations. Used up. Yeah, that's terrible. That's probably the worst <laughs> of anyone I've picked there. There's some that are good. I don't know them. Don't say um, that quest whose name I've blanked out. Uh, goes to Framsburg, that's it. Oh, yeah. They killed a few puppies over that one, I can tell you. <laughs> In fact, I think killing a puppy would be more fun than playing that again. <laughs> and I love puppies, so not that way. Hang on. Right, anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, I put two decks there. Gaffer Cycle. I think that's a controversial deck made by C-Stan, because I think Gaffer was um, panned by a couple of people. Friends of yours, Joseph. Uh, and then C-Stan proved them soundly wrong by releasing a deck that he claimed was broken, which basically negates the entire combat phase. Because it is a bit broken, really, isn't it? If Gaffer... A Gaffer is strong because it doesn't say non-unique, so you can even block the bosses if they aren't immune. And even if um, you do get some immune to player card effects, they can just chump with something else, like once every ten games. (laughs) I mean, I don't think the Balrog um, in Shadow and Flame is immune to player card effects because you can <laughs> hail not. of stones him and reduce his defense. Yeah. yeah. So there's not that many. Uh, more of the later ones are immune. Almost all bosses after a certain point in the game are immune to card effects. Mm. And then the other one I put down, this isn't really um, controversial, but this is one that I just thought got better with this cycle is those lore control decks I was playing for a while because of Hidden Way. Drinking Song and Shire Folk, uh, mm-hmm. they can all go in that deck, so it, it gets better because you're not just using Gilder's Council anymore. You can use the Hidden Way to control a card 
the great hunt but, as well. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. Thanks. That's really strong um, in sailing quests, like you said. I love that deck because it's not overtly a power deck. It's not just spamming stats, but it's a real sneaky deck, which is uh, difficult to actually make in this game. So these are like the tribal decks or what you're trying to go for there with some of these, but there are other decks. Like none of those decks use Dane Ironfoot, for example. None of those decks use Thranduil. None of those decks use Grimbjorn. I would say this deck boosted a Sylvan a good bit, or this cycle boosted Sylvan a good bit. Yeah, but something like Dane Ironfoot, I'm not convinced he boosted Dwarf Mining much, but right. he's just a good defender. And mm -hmm. the same for Grimbjorn, like he didn't really boost Bjornings, but he's just an awesome defender. So he's Dane. It's a weird thing about this game. It's really easy to talk about the tribal decks, but it's harder to talk about the fellowship kind of decks, which the game is really designed around to start with. Yes, mishmash of heroes. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like the Dane Ironfoot deck I had made, but also the one that Chad made, where it's um, Galdor and Arwen with Dane Ironfoot and discarded lots of cards. Yeah. yeah. And who do you usually pair up with Grimbjorn? I mean, Grant was playing Legolas and Balin. I play Balin uh, with Grimbjorn too. Yeah. Um, bit of a motley crew. Which is very consistent with the books. It's just harder to nail down those kinds of decks and talk about them. Cycle as a whole, player card, ability, uh, uh, power level, entertainment level, how would you rate it versus other cycles? Strong. Do. Strong. Mm, I think the player cards are pretty strong. There's no messing around. Very few complete and odd in here. And a lot of cards that are very powerful. I feel like the new idea in the cycle the guarded cards mm. wasn't as good as i hoped mm. it's harder to right. use than i thought okay just because the varying difficulty level of the quest is just hard to rely on them you want these really powerful cards you, you kind of want them as a centerpiece of your deck but if you don't if you can't rely on doing well enough to earn them, you can't really rely on those cards. Which just makes them hard to want to build around and to put in your deck. So I feel like that wasn't as is a bit of a miss. A miss is a really uh, harsher word than I like to use, but they can be fun and entertaining, but in a difficult game like this with so much variety it's hard to put it in your favorite decks that you use all the time is that fair yeah i'd say that's fair i still like them though i still i'm still glad they're there but i get what you're yep, me too i think dale was the biggest addition to the card pool and then just a lot of decks got boosted a little bit. I think Woodman and Bayorning certainly aren't 100% fleshed out, but they're minor factions in the game as a whole. So that's reasonable. The 
great cycle to buy into if you have a small card pool, unlike the previous one. Because the previous one, Harad, has got some really good cards, but it's a bit of a mishmash. Yeah. This is when you basically focused. get a deck that is a million times better than the one you'll get from a core set. Yep. So even though it has these guarded cards in it, it's a good place to start because of this really strong Dale deck. And you can build several different Dale decks with this cycle and the core set too, I think. Yeah, you can. You can do like a... <laughs> you can do just lump in the expansion with the core set, or you can do the Guardian of Esgroth. I couldn't remember his name. I felt embarrassed for a second. Also, if you have the entire first cycle, the Mirkwood cycle, and this cycle, you can do a fairly good Eagle deck too. Yeah, probably. With um, Radagast there. Yeah. But we got a support for a smattering of other decks too. We got some Hobbit stuff. Um, quite a bit of Hobbit stuff. Some Dwarf stuff. Some Sylvan stuff. No Noldor stuff, right? You didn't even notice until the end. Ah. A lot of ally support, which is nice. A lot of these attachments can go on either just a character, like um, Brown Shield, or Leather Boots can go on a lot of people. Squire's Helm can go on all allies. Ancestral Armor has a lot of potential targets. So I feel like their, their uh, attachments were less constricted. They can go on more different kinds of characters, which in general upped the power of allies, which I like. So definitely a worthy cycle. Good cycle to pick up early if you're trying to figure out what to buy. But if you're trying to figure out what to buy, you probably aren't listening to us, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Especially not like six hours in. (laughs) Oh, this is looking snappy, actually, this one. Believe it or not. Two and a half? Yeah. It may not feel it, but it's looking snappy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had for this segment. Anything else to draw this out any longer? Not really. <laughs> don't know about what Liam's got, but I haven't. <laughs> I've just started drinking. I'm, I'm game to go for another couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could um, talk about them in reverse if you want. Mm, always try and say them backwards. <laughs> yeah, can you read all the all those, uh, cards backwards? <laughs> Which one? Which one? Let's give it a go. Uh, the, 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 I mean, the, wor- the well, words like, backwards is very yeah fast. Scottish accent <laughs> fats fats the stag of it you've got to be careful you've got to be careful because once you get good at this you can't stop because I used to do this a bit of school and then I just started reading everything backwards rom ra and we're just trying to make this longer for no reason <laughs> we should wrap it up here uh, don't you want to read these out in an alien language no it's like elvish <laughs> or more like roy roll language of mordor <laughs> black speech yeah Oh, you couldn't read those out quickly, could you? No, no, that's hard. (laughs) 
Well, you so wob. That's my favourite. <laughs> What's that one? <laughs> wob. <laughs> wob. Bo. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wob. <laughs> what, what? Shouldn't it be the woo of yob? <laughs> you full wob. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Hobbroker mail starts with Liam. <laughs> Does it? Oh yeah, Liam Fograbal. No. <laughs> Liam Fograbal. Like. Might get that as a tattoo or something. <laughs> Definitely needs to be drinking at twelve o'clock to get that as a tattoo. Well, that was uh, top quality content for the last two minutes. Let's wrap it up there. <laughs> Thank you for tolerating us if you're still listening. <laughs> Four is company now, right? What's that? It's Four is company. Why is that? Well, the hemorrhoid is the new member. <laughs> or the one listener. I thought it was the one listener. <laughs> the one listener to rule them all. And he's close to the ring as well, funnily enough. <laughs> okay, wrap it up. All right, that's all that you'll say there. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back in around a month. I would just like to point out for bonus content, we have made it through a whole episode without referencing You Know Who. Now, don't say the name. Oh. Don't, say don't say it, but just to point that out. Whole episode. What? You ruined it. <laughs> I was going to commend you, but now I can't. It's like saying Hastuar in the... Who? In the uh, Arkham Horrors second cycle. Every time you say Hastuar while you play the game, you have to take horror if you actually... <laughs> It's a well, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's quite cool actually. I like that. Oh, oh is um, wait, what's that backwards? It should be Ednol Rim. <laughs> Ednol Rim. <laughs> Ednol Rim. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Ednol we refer rim. to. Her. <laughs> Good old Ednol Rim. <laughs> <laughs>